Hello, good evening, and welcome to the 100th episode of the Cantina Mekis podcast. My name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us. Uh, glad to have had you with us for the previous 99 episodes of this show and its various incarnations. We've had the the Cachirules podcast. We had the, the Dos Acero podcast. We had a special Siete Acero edition podcast once. And then we had uh, Cantina Mekis. But we've had 100 of them. So we really do appreciate y'all that have been on, on this crazy ride with us, and hopefully we'll have uh, quite a few more. As always, we have a distinguished panel of guests with us this evening, and uh, we're going to start. We're going to go uh, from right to left on your country dial. We're going to start Philadelphia, in Philadelphia this evening. And, of course, if we're going to start in Philadelphia, then we have to drop the... And that is, of course, Ronnie de Luna, who joins us from El Guanaco restaurant in. Did I get that right? Nah, no. It's no. Okay, what's, no. Y'all's, what's y'all's restaurant? See, I feel bad now because I should know this. It's, it's in, where's it? El Guaco Loco. No, that's, that's, uh, that's the catering company that we got. Catering company. That's the catering company. Well, what's the restaurant's name? Uh, guacamole. It's just guacamole? Yeah. Yeah, we got two locations in the. In, you know, you, yeah. Do you have a location in Montgomery County? No, no, no. Well, was it too good for you, Montgomery County? You don't, you don't like the the good, the good I'm people. Eventually, in Montgomery eventually, County? eventually, go into the burbs. You know, outside, you know, outside Philadelphia. All right, Ronnie. Great to have you with us. Uh, you're, you're America looking good. Uh, I mean, as if, as if anyone had a doubt. And uh, they had a great game last night with Tigres. Very entertaining. They, they did, John. But like you know, and I told you guys that I don't see them being champions this semester. But I do like their. I like how they're being dynamic, but this game against Tigres, um, it exposed a couple things that I'm like worried about, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, how much exposure did they have, Ron? You still want to show me uh, your key in, enough? Enough that that uh, I mean something that could bite them, you know, in, in a crucial game. You know, I, I, I still I still didn't like some of I didn't like, really like the defense, uh, and for some reason it just seemed like the the back and the in the in the midfield were getting stuck at times trying to get the ball out. Um, I mean, I know that you know man for man. I think that right now that Tigres uh, has a better a better team. Obviously, that you know the players have been together a little bit longer. Uh, but I mean, I do I do like I, I didn't think that they that America would be this far uh, under under Miguel uh, Piojo. Uh, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I mean, they, they keep going at the rate that they're going. And you know they played, you know they played, you know, you know what they played against Pachuca. They played against uh, uh, Lobos, who at the time was playing really well, and they they played uh, also uh, Tigres. So, I mean, I, I think I think obviously they're going to make the playoffs. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they can reach at least the semis. Oh, but, dude, I think yeah. I mean, they're. I mean, seriously, they're. If, if they made the finals, I don't think anybody would be shocked. So, I mean, they they have a good team. They're playing well. And they're gonna get, and and they can only get better, you know, True. provided everybody everybody uh, stays around Injury, for the whole season. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Yeah. Injuries, yeah. you know. And speaking of yeah. injuries, I mean, I don't, you know, uh, Oribe, you know, obviously he left the, the game. Right. Um, and do you think uh, that that was a a FIFA injury? Don't know. Because you know, uh, apparently he's only out for ten days. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
he wouldn't have, he, he wouldn't be the first Mexican player to have FIFA. He got a he got a, pre, uh, a preliminary about FIFA virus. And, uh, and uh, Brody had some a couple, and also uh, 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 el doctor from uh, the Azteca. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia. He had. In fact, he was known for those. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, good to have you on, Ronnie. Thank you, guys. As always, and then uh, we're going to go uh, further, further west. Uh, normally, we'd uh, we talk to Beto Campa, but he's not going to join us this evening—at least not at the beginning. But hopefully, he'll 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 join us a little later. But I, I think if I have my geography right, I think that the, the next person on our list would probably be uh, Daniel Preciado. Is that right, Dan? Are you are you are you a little east of uh, of I LA? Am, where you I are? Am technically east, yes. Southeast. Daniel Preciado joins us from Escondido in California. Good evening, everyone. Happy to be here again. Daniel, you uh, the point. You uh, now did they did they went do they when things go bad are they furching it up and when things go good did did did, did he furch it out? I think it's just he's just furching it up. Um, yeah. I think the time uh, the patience with him and Chepo are probably going to start waning soon. I'm really? surprised that. Well, you know. Um, yeah, but you know, all they have to do is go on a three-game win streak, and they'll be like, you know, in first place. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking more just if the results continue as they have been, then we got to sweat uh, relegation the following season. So <clears throat> they won't. They're only, I think, about seven points, eight points clear right now. Oof. Yeah, we're going to talk about relegation so, so, here. So, so, so they yeah. they burned they burned right through their their cushion that they had. Right. So uh, and uh, this last game was pretty frustrating. I mean, rare occasion I actually watched. I I did think they created enough chances to win. Um, but now how how dare you watch watch a soccer game and then talk about it on the on the Cantina and Mickey's podcast? I know it's 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 not really according to form. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, someone didn't, didn't take you out. No, no, no. That's that. That wasn't me. I promise. Okay. Uh, but yeah, um, the it was a another disappointing uh, performance, despite the chances that they had uh, to convert and then Fulch with that. It's kind of hard to miss it all together, and to miss it wide. Yeah, a penalty. That's. They made the easy part hard. You, you kind of like just uh, accept that it's maybe going to be one of those types of seasons. Well, well, that's something we'll have to talk about a little bit later, you and me both. But uh, you know, they they have P. Joel is getting um, I believe he's probably around, trying but, to get uh, a yeah, strawberry shortcake. <laughs> get. Uh, you know, they, I, I just would like to see if Furch is going to be this bad. Then you know, why not throw Cisneros in to see what he can do? Just you know, give him a little taste. It can't give be little, worse, right? Yeah, give I him mean, a little taste. So yeah, that, 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 that that's been like one of the disappointing things too. Like despite the fact it's like uh, <laughs> they're not performing well, but um, and you figure, all right, well. You know, at least the kids are getting are, are getting some time, but they're not actually. Uh, the not 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 all of them are getting not all of them are getting minutes. Um, so yeah, it's just been a disappointing disappointing season thus far. 
and um, I'm I don't think we're going to make the the playoffs at this point. <sighs> don't be such a negative, Nelly. As my next guest would say, don't lose faith in Chepo. Is that right, Joel Aceves, who joins us from South Los Angeles? That is correct, John. I, but you know, I thought by now that Dan would be a Chepo believer. Uh, 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 he, uh, a chepista. Well, the, the, I'm not. I'm not an anti-chepo. <laughs> uh, I'm not anti-chepo, but I mean, you 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 you, you can't ignore the, the the regression that 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 the team has had this your, season. Your pH balance in chepo is, is is moving closer to the seven than it well, is to the to, to the well, edges. Well, I think one some of the things that I've noticed is that some of the players aren't performing up to the level they're capable of. Basically, they're well, first is Kiedlosis injured, and that that's a big loss to them. That's huge. That's huge because he also helps he, on offense too. Yeah, and he's a, <laughs> he he's a, he's, goals. He, and he's a yeah. team captain. You know, he he's a dude that rallies the troops. And and, 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 how, and how has Chaton done in his? Because because that who that is who is replacing his Kiedlos right now, isn't it? Isn't it Chaton? He didn't he didn't play yesterday. He did not. They went with um, uh, I believe uh, somebody the else. Buen. With, with, yeah. Oh, but but I thought Chaton was playing as a central. He was. He was. Um, I'm. I don't know if if it was an injury <clears throat> thing or a minutes like kind of rotations type of thing or just trying to play someone different. Well, Debuen is. Yeah, he, as far as midfielders go, I think has a little bit more to offer in that. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully Chaton will get it together, man. He needs. He need, He needs to. We, we need, yeah, we need team to in general needs to needs to get it together. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, Joel, I was hoping that I would get to hit you with a. But but not yet. I'm still on my triple rant. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please continue. Or apologizing. I'm still apologizing for. Oh, for there's going to be a lot of apologies going on tonight. I'm sure. No, I, I feel like you know if you add to Esquerdos, uh I think Furch hasn't been able to play as you know as good as he's. He's demonstrated, and some of the goals he's missed, it's incredible that, you know. Um, and Di Giannini, I was watching him play, and it, that's another guy that would just sometimes just some of the decisions he would make, you know. And uh, the Uruguayo guy, uh, Rodriguez, what's, what's his name? I think he's actually quite good. Um, he's someone that I, I think uh... – a lot oftentimes he ends up being like the only guy trying. It seems like um, yeah, he may but, he may try to bite off more than he can chew at times. Um, yeah, some some of his decision making could be a little bit questionable, but um, I don't think he I don't think he's the issue. So I was I, no, yeah, but some, he should be like a starter. He's he's usually comes off the bench, you know. And and I was I was doing some research, and some of the fans are blaming. They're blaming the president, you know, the club president, saying that he hasn't opened up the coin purse, that he's kept the team, you know, the the team's depth is not very deep. So when when they miss players, it hurts them. Now, uh, Joel, I'm going to have to interrupt you. Yes. Because uh, it's time for Ronnie's. Oh, that's not what I was going to do. Sorry about that, Ron. But we do have uh, uh, joining us from from Mexico City. We do have our, our special guest with us this evening. So we do want to. Thank uh, this gentleman who uh, writes for FIFA.com, writes for Medio Tiempo, is a long-suffering Jets fan. 
and yeah. is with us this evening, of course, of talking about Camelo. Oh, Martin del Palacio joins us. Martin, how are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm fine. How about you guys? Uh, yeah. Did, 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 you, did you really have to say about my Jets fandom? Really? Yes, did, I did. I had to mention <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> this year, particularly this year. It's going to be rough for you now. Now, Martin, I know that, uh, you know, we'll talk about the Jets, but, you know, you're obviously a man of, 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 of impeccable taste and sound judgment when it comes to soccer because, uh, you know, one of the things that we do like to ask our guests when they came on is, is how did, you know, how did the sorting hat pick the team for you? So how did, how did the, the, the sorting hat pick Pumas for you? you, you uh, okay, well, it, it's an interesting story, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to lose uh, a lot of respect uh, uh, after, after you hear it. The thing is... Um, Growing up, I had no uh, football role models. My parents didn't care about football at all. Uh, my brother liked baseball. And like my uncle, uh, who came to the, in the picture later on, he was a, a former Necaxa player, so he could have been. But at the moment I chose my team, I, uh, he wasn't there. Uh, he, he, well, he met my aunt later on. So... My team, my, my brother, who was a baseball, like a baseball player, baseball fan, decided to give, to give a shot, to give football a shot. And he was playing in a team called Tecos. So I decided that Tecos was going to be my team. But who actually... As in, as in Tecolotes like, the, from Zapopan? As in Tecolotes the, from, from Zapopan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who, like, after a while, like, this, this, this uh, happened when I was like six. When I, when I was 12, I realized that you cannot be a Tecos fan. Like, I'm, I'm not, not living in Mexico City. So... <laughs> Yeah, I know. So I decided to, to become, um, as you might imagine, I have a, 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 an, an interesting masochistic side, uh, being a Jets fan. So I decided to uh, follow the team that uh, went up from a second division that season and turned out to be Veracruz. So for the, following, for the next six years, I was a Veracruz I might have fan. to... Have to, uh, have to, yeah, I have to... Reserve my judgment on the man with impeccable taste. So you've gone, you've gone Tecos and then Veracruz. Yeah, that was terrible. But I, did you know that <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, like the good wines. I, I, I did you throw Puebla in there? Did you, did you try Puebla out <laughs> for a little bit? I'm waiting you... for, for Dorados. <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to root for Venados Yucatan. Uh, the season Veracruz went out, but in the end, Veracruz won the, <laughs> won the final. Which was not even Veracruz. It was Potros Nesa, like uh, the Atlante feeder team. But then they sold the franchise. And, uh, and became Veracruz. So, well, whatever. So then Veracruz went back down. And, uh, well, I had no way to fo of following the team. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Roberto Velázquez, who's now the, the director of El Financiero TV, uh, he's a huge Pumas fan. And he started, to, he, he started telling me, like, you have to come to the stadium. Yeah, I have a ticket for you. So I, uh, I well, in the end, I accepted, obviously. And uh, I started to... to go to to Seoul every weekend and uh, and that it, it was the time that the famous uh, bicampeonato side was starting it was the beginning of the of the 21st century and uh, and it was a team that no nobody really remembers because uh, um, we all know what happened with Hugo and, and all that but since the beginning since 2001 uh, they were pretty good they, they were pretty entertaining they uh, they uh, they won they, they qualified to the liguilla a few times they never won they they were always like a bit of yamerito until 2004 but it, they, they were a pretty entertaining uh, team to root for 
And then, uh, more or less at the same, same time, I started to work in Canal 40. And I started to cover the team. And I, I got uh, very, uh, along very well with, uh, with Joaquin Beltran and Kikin Fonseca. Which, at the, like, when Kikin arrived to, to, to Pumas, nobody knew who he was. Uh, he had played 10, 10 games at La Piedad. And he arrived because uh, his uh, promoter was, uh, was in touch with... Uh, with Hugo's promoter, and, and he said, like, come on, like, let's give this kid a chance. Like, he's not very good, but, like, uh, we, need, we need him to play. So, uh, Hugo, well, San said, okay, okay, bring him on. And then Kikin became, like, the uh, Pumas idol at, at, at the moment. So, I developed my Pumas taste. But, in, uh, like, to make it uh, better for me, it's been already 20 years, 20-some uh, 20 years, and I'm still a, a very... Uh, very much a Pumas fan and, and suffering uh, with, the, with the bad times yeah. now as there now. So this gentleman says you got to come to the games, but 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 it was ultimately Kikin that gave you the vampire bite and 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 fully turned you into a Pumas fan. Yeah, that that sounds terrible. Like, that, look, like, if, if we're talking about the the the, 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 the sorting hat, I I got uh, slithering and huff and puff before uh, getting to Gryffindor. <laughs> well, yeah, there was a few a few other stops along the way. Martin, Martin, uh, how you doing, Ronnie? Yeah. Uh, were you still a, were you a Tecos fan uh, when they won in the in the early nineties? That, no. that Okay, no, good, good. I wasn't good, good, good. Because I, I didn't want you. I, it's like I didn't want think like, oh man, Martin's a fair weather fan. You know, he, he's following Tecos when they won the championship with uh when with Milton and all those players. You know, the Brazilian player. No, Tony I, I have to say that. Donizete, Goncalves. Yeah, I, I have to say that I celebrated the semifinal victory against America. I was in the stadium, uh-huh. but because it was against America, it, and it, it was great. Like they, they won 3 2 in the Azteca. They had lost 2 1 the first leg in Zapopan, and then they went to the second one 3 2 and, and, and uh, went through uh, by the away goals rule. And it was pretty cool. It was uh, the, the last goal, uh, like Edson, Edson Suarix scored the last goal in the 85th minute. It was it was pretty fun to watch. But no, at that at that point I was a Veracruz fan. I I, I wasn't enjoying uh, life very much. So were you a Veracruz fan when they had when like all the players from America went over there like uh, Antonio Carlos uh, Santos and and and, and, and uh, didn't Cuauhtémoc uh, go over there at that point? No, too? no, but that was that was in, that no, was Cuauhtémoc that was in 2005, no. 2004. No, that was in the in the late 80s, early 90s when you had like um the goalkeeper Adrian Chavez that he also went to, to Veracruz and you had Antonio. Well, no, no, hasn't Veracruz been a Televisa proxy team? I mean, isn't isn't that where the like other, you know, that's like no, never, 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 no. no, no, no. What happened was Veracruz was a TV Azteca team, right? Exactly. It was owned by TV Azteca, and, and the, the, the season, the season, the season you're you're talking about is ninety four, ninety five, right? And right. yeah, Antonio Carlos Santos arrived, but it wasn't. It, he was the only ex Americanista. The the rest okay. were uh, the the. Stars of that team were uh, Niver Arboleda, a Colombian, yeah. Antonio Apud, el Turco. The goalkeeper was Rios, who was amazing. Like he was, he was the best keeper in, in Mexico. You can tell me about Campos, whatever. And Campos is a, is, is a, Puma, a former Pumas player, but I've seen videos of both of them uh, of in the nineties, and I can tell you, Rios was way better. I, he was, he was often overlooked because he wasn't Campos, but he was so good, and. Um, yeah, the, I, I'm trying to remember who was the, the the central defender, but yeah, they they reached the semifinals. They they lost to Celaya to the with the Celaya uh, in a game that they lost five one with four goals by Richard Zambrano that season. 
Well, Mart Martina, I'm sure you know this, but had Bora stayed for France 98, <laughs> uh, Rios would have been the starting keeper. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, the thing is, like, I, I don't know if you remember, Bora for sure doesn't remember, well, or he does, but he wants to change <laughs> the story because Bora, Bora being Bora, Bora. But that Bora team wasn't very good. Like, he, he kept on playing uh, Sage, Hermosillo, and all the all the faded stars. He like he he always says that yeah 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 I I uh, I brought Luis Hernandez and Guatemoc Blanco to the national team. But yeah, he did indeed. But to a Copa America in which he uh, uh, decided to to fill the B side, and then for the qualifiers he again like left those players home and 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 took Sage uh, and, and Hermosillo. So uh, so no, I, I'm I'm actually quite happy about uh, La Puente being the coach in '98. Uh, but yeah, it's true that. He, Bora's keeper was Rios. I've I've always told people that that you know with La Puente, it's funny for for his you know he's always they've always dubbed him as being very defensive, but he out of all the Mexican teams that have gone to the World Cup, his team has scored the most goals. You know, but and, uh, that team was amazing. I, I it, don't know if you it, remember. It, but, it was, it was. Yeah, they they played four they played four three three with three pure center forwards. They played with with Blanco Hernandez and Palencia. And then uh, he brought he brought on uh, every match. He brought on Peláez and Arellano at, at halftime. It, I, I've never seen something like that for Mexico or for anyone else. Like, but Martin, it was so making everybody yeah. sad, making everybody sad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, Martina, you're you're in you're in Mexico right now, correct? So you're in Mexico City. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I'm you're, in Tulum. You're, I'm in Tulum. Right now. You're in Tulum. Okay, you're uh, so, but you're a native Chilango like me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, did you go to Colegio Alemán? Is, is that where is that where you were educated? No, Colegio Madrid. Colegio Madrid. Okay, well, I went to uh, I went to uh, to Green Gates, but there was big news that that, that, that Pumas had this week. That they they they, they said no mas to uh, to Paco Palencia, and now it looks like it's going to be Sergio Ajea that's coming in. Uh, as a Pumas fan, how do you uh, and, and someone who has covered the team for? I mean, how how can you not just see these massive, huge red alarm bells going off for? Uh, for, for Pumas right now. Well, I think it's it's good news. Uh, I like they. I I am very very much a, a man of, of, of processes. I like process processes being played played on. I'm sure we're going to talk about Osorio. And uh, people ask me why I wanted Palencia out if I I want to keep Osorio. And the reason is that I saw in when I saw Pumas, I saw so many basic uh, problems with the team, like. They tried to play a pressing game, but nobody knew where to press. It was ridiculous. Like it seemed, I mean, it seemed maybe there was a method to the madness, but uh, they seemed to press wherever, and they, you you saw these huge gaps uh, in midfield all the time that were exploited by the opposing teams. Then the the side backs never knew what to do. Like you, I mean, we we have terrible terrible uh, side backs. Like Van Ranking and Mendoza are both awful. But if you don't tell them exactly what to do, they're going to be even worse. And so, so sometimes they press, sometimes they 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 stay back. Uh, they were like they, they they were completely clueless. So uh, if, I, if I could paraphrase, so, then it sounds like that that they weren't very well coached. That's the thing. That's the thing, and and it makes sense because Valencia was the coach of an under eighteen uh, side, like under the under eighteen side of a third division club in, in Spain. Before coming to Puma, so yeah, I, I'm happy that that we had a, a, a young uh, Mexican coach 
that uh, well played played in the team and knew the philosophy. But that's not all. And obviously, he didn't know, he didn't have the knowledge yet. Like he 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 needed to have more preparation, I think. Uh, and uh, well, you you could tell. Like I I can't believe a team that has uh, Nico Castillo can play the way uh, Pumas play because he's I mean after Guignac, uh I think he's the best player in in, in the Mexican league now. And uh, and Pumas I, like. The, the only reason why Pumas are mildly competitive, have been mildly competitive these uh, last two seasons is because of him. But otherwise, the team looked like a mess and played like a mess. Hello? What do you, what do you think? Um, you, you wouldn't attribute any of it to the bad planning as far as replacing, um, um, what is it, uh, Verón? No, I, I don't think the problem uh, lies on the on the central def- uh, defense. I I, I like uh, I like Quintana a lot. I, I think he's, he has a lot of potential. Obviously, uh, Alcoba uh, that, that Alcoba didn't play last uh, last match was uh, was unfortunate because uh, Garcia uh, Tonio Garcia is not very good. Uh, no, I think most of the problem. Uh, well, there are a couple a, a couple of problems. Then the the, the, the the wings, both in, in, in defense and in midfield, are uh, have been the, the main uh, problem of the team. Like, and no, nobody remembers this, but uh, Puma's downfall uh, is um, well started when Pablo Barrera got injured, like properly injured, because he had been so good since he returned to the team, and they, they haven't found a play a, a way to replace him. Now we have El Avión Calderón, who uh, has looked terribly terrible since uh, since he arrived to the team. And uh, on the other side, uh, Gallardo was good when he was playing uh, uh, as a winger, but then uh, Palencia started to, to play him as a, as a left back, mostly because Mendoza is so bad. And uh, and uh, well, and then obviously uh, bringing in Guerron, and uh, who, who has been very, so bad, and Formica, who hasn't played, instead of Britos, who, in my opinion, was the best Pumas foreigner after uh, after uh, Castillo didn't make much sense and mostly not now that uh, Palencia is out and the reason why Britos left was because he couldn't get along with him so yeah yeah it, it's it's been a bit of a mess uh, in terms of planning uh, but I don't think the central uh, defense is the, the the main reason and the worst part of it Martin is that uh, I know I know it's not gonna happen this year but if, but if Pumas strings together on a couple of another of very mediocre seasons they're next year are gonna have so, which uh, which is why they, if they were going to stem the tide, they had to do it as quickly as possible. So, you know, certainly another reason. Uh, you know, an, another reason that that Pumas is not doing is that this is, you know, aside from Veron, this is the first season since 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 you became a fan that there's no Picolin on the team. I mean, that that has to really weigh as well. I'm being I'm actually being uh, serious. It's it's not the first it's not the first season, but it hurts. It hurts a lot. Like I, I still have this uh, void in the in uh, in my chest where my heart used to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, every time I see one of the, one of the call up lists and pin and the, I don't see Picolin's name on there, it makes me really mad. I got mad again today. I know. Now, and, and, you, know, you know, you shouldn't you know laugh, Ronnie. I mean, I, as a as a as a neutral fan of just of uh, of the Mexican football in general, I personally really miss Picolin's. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm actually going to what I ask Martinez. How much do you think the patronato, the direction of the uh, of the patronato, 
Because I mean, John and the guy, you know, we 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 talk. It seems like you know Pumas is not is like has, has gone away from their their bread and butter of, of using the, the cantera, using the youth academies, and it seems like they they haven't really done anything, you know, produced any really good players in the last you know ten years. Uh, I, I mean, mean they they, they have they haven't they haven't indeed, uh, but. I mean, but I don't think, it, I don't think it, it has to. It has to do with this administration, uh, in that sense, because uh, if if you see, for example, not not this match, but the previous match, Pumas started with seven canteranos. Yeah, admittedly they they weren't very good, but it was seven canteranos in the end. I think uh, Figueroa, the one who's playing uh, right winger, he has a lot of potential. He's 18 years old. Obviously, he's not the finished product, but but you can see you can see the talent there. Um, I like uh, Jaques a lot, the central defender that is uh, now. Uh, now on the bench because yeah. he's too raw, but he's, he has a lot of potential as well. Uh, you have uh, Quintana, who's also good. Like there, there are a few players, but yeah, of course it's it's not the the, the same as it was before. And I think it, it's because they didn't understand that there was a lot more competition now. Like the best the best Mexican talent and American Mexican American talent, which is uh, something very important, uh, are, are are going to Pachuca, are going to Chivas, are going to Tigres. They're not going to Pumas. Like before. Every good Mexican player dreamed of uh, dreamed of playing with with Pumas because uh, that was a team that gave uh, uh, youngsters a chance. Now that's not the case anymore. So uh, Pumas have, have are left behind. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's where I'm going to because you know you mentioned Pachuca, you mentioned Tigres. Now I, I've I've been saying that you know that that, that Liga MX is going to become pretty soon a, a billionaires club. You know because you know Pachuca they're 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 they have you know Carlos Slim money. They have you know Grupo Carso and the Grupo Pachuca and obviously uh, and then you have they're going to leave. What's, 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 Slim, Slim's gonna leave Pachuca in the next few months. Uh, it's that's over. Well, he has to if he when he, when he buys Chivas. But, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but are they gonna get rid of Leon as well? I, I don't. I don't think they will. Both, yeah. Yeah, yeah, both. both. I know. Yeah, I know. They're, they're, I know. They're, they're, I know. What what they said, but I don't think it's gonna happen. But I mean, the, uh, the thing is, the the, par- the partnership between uh, Slim and the and the Martinez uh, family has become really strained. Because uh, Slim and and, um, and well, I forgot the so name. So now he's no, definitely buying Chivas. Elias Ayub, Elias, Elias Ayub uh, so, wanted so, to do some things, and the Martinez didn't let them. Let them. So no, no, it's, it, that, that thing so, is, is uh, are, are going to be uh, announced soon. Are you saying that Televisa is basically Cersei Lannister, just you know, conniving everybody? No, but going back, but going back to that, it's just it's, it, it seems like you know, like. You know, you know, back in the day, Carlos Slim, you know, he was part. If I'm not mistaken, he was part of the Patronato for for, for Pumas, correct? And, 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 yeah, and more or less. And, yeah, yeah. and you yeah. also, you, I mean, you had Telmex money there, and you also had Banamex money. And from my understanding, Banamex, yeah. the people like the big shareholders from Banamex don't don't contribute as much. So I mean, do you think that? Do you think that in the future, Pumas may be able to struggle? May struggle because they're not going to have those big, you know, FEMSA. Uh, Samex, Televisa, you know, type of type of uh, backing. I mean, they haven't had in in, in the last few years, and still they managed to uh, to get competitive players. Like I, I was quite surprised by uh, by the fact that they managed to sign Marcelo Diaz. Like that, that's a player that I never expected to go to Pumas. Like they're already getting Castillo was good enough, and mm-hmm. now getting Diaz was like how? Where where did that come from? Really? Uh, because where did I like? I know that. This uh, directiva inherited a huge amount of debt from the from the previous one, and that's the reason why they they had to sell Sosa. And in the end, Sosa paid the debt. 
essentially he paid off the debt because those seven million dollars was more or less what uh, Pumas owed. But obviously they uh, they didn't have the money and they got it from somewhere. From where I have no clue really. But they they have managed to get to get the money because <coughs> Castillo wasn't well, wasn't cheap. And, when did they sign the, their TV contract? Because they always go on spend the Pumas like. Yeah, I, I know I know I know what you what what you're referring to. Like the teams to coincide when they sign their TV contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, it's I'm saying I'm serious. Wait, I have a question for Martin. Yeah. Do you think Slim staying in the like? What do you think is Slim's next move? I think he's leaving football altogether. I think Wait, he, did, he got tired of it. Didn't he just get a TV station though? Uh, claro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he might uh, buy teams' uh, uh, broadcast rights, but I don't think he's going to to stay in football in terms of, of owning a club. Uh, I, I, from what I, from what I heard, like I, I haven't spoken to to anyone uh, from the from their group, but but I've heard from different uh, sources that they got fed up with football and with the low blows, and like for for a guy that has uh, worked in almost every conceivable in, uh, industry in Mexico. Like, being tired of the low blows means that Mexican football is, is, uh, is a complicated place to, to, to try to, to do to maneuver. <laughs> yeah. Do you, th- do you think that uh, in the near future, do you think you're going to start seeing foreign investments, and not necessarily for the U.S., but having foreign ownership of Liga MX teams? That, that would be interesting. Yeah, can you imagine, like, a, a shake coming to... To I don't know to Lobos Buap and uh, ending up buying. Uh, I, I, uh, I not like uh, I was going to say Ronaldinho, but not anymore. Like Neymar when he's thirty-five. I I mean I, uh, I I can imagine and I do you know and I, and the guys here on the, they can tell you that I I think it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I for one I, I wouldn't want Liga Mekis to be you know like the Premier League mm-hmm. where you just have a who's who of billionaires tr- and just use the clubs as a you know, as an ego, you know, a boost. Now that's just, you know, that's just me, but I, I do have a feeling that in the near future, maybe 10 years down the line, you'll have, you know, foreign ownership and not necessarily, you know, and not so much from like, you know, Mexican Americans or, or even Americans, but I, I think across the pond. But to, to be honest, to be honest, I, I, I don't see it uh, like quite uh, probable because football in Mexico is not a business per se. But it's a side business, like it's an, an excuse to make better business. Uh, what do I mean? Like, uh, Jesus Martinez was a nobody when he got Pachuca. And now he's a, a very respected businessman. Uh, yeah. Jorge Vergara had, had money, but he was nobody also. Like, Did, nobody knew who Jorge Vergara was, even if he was the, the, the executive producer of, of, uh, of Gael Garcia and Diego Luna. Yeah, but, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm throwing here into yeah. that list. Can I, can I ask you something? Did, prior yeah, prior yeah. to Jorge Vergara, I had never even seen the product Omni Life. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's <a fancy laughs> it's like, like I've never seen it. I, like I've never seen it. You know, I was like, who the hell is this guy? But I actually more, wrong. Yeah. What's up? I don't know. I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, oh okay. I was listening to you. That's <laughs> normally. We live in Barcelona. Uh, do you get to watch Liga MX games on Eurosport in Barcelona, or do you have to watch Pirata to, to no. watch the game? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, I had to. Uh, I, you have to well, find. You have to find. I, I, yeah, yeah, I have to find streams. Does, yeah, does yeah. Univision Deportes app work over there? Nothing. 
So what what can Liga yeah. make it? Sorry. John fell off. I think John's okay, cutting yeah. out a little bit. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. No, I actually wanted to ask you something because I know that uh, you know you live in Europe and stuff like that. And uh, do, you, do you have the uh, the community card yet? Or are you a citizen sh- uh, citizen over there yet or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the passport now. Now, do you, do you now do you, the 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 move that Memo made? To uh, to to Belgium, do you do you think that was smart or do you think that was bad? For the I sake of, of getting uh, of what's that? I don't think it was smart at all in general. Like the thing is, they, they were like what they wanted. Like I, I spoke to to his people uh, when when it happened, and what they wanted was first to get him out of the li- uh, of the limelight. You know, mm-hmm. like everybody was like focusing on him, and that that wasn't very good. Second. Being in a team that could actually win something, like even if it was the Belgian league, from what I've seen in the last three ma- in the three matches they've played, like, they're they're not gonna win the, the Belgian league. But yeah, well, at least that they didn't get trashed every 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 weekend. That was second, and the third that uh, to be in a team where he would play, like no matter what, he would be a starter. So well, that was the idea. They chose the Belgian league, which is not as bad as people think. Uh, he's it's a decent league. It's a Eighth league in the world, by uh, which is the the best scouting tool uh, there is. So it's it's not that bad, but but yeah, like seriously, I I, I would have expected him to to be to play somewhere else, somewhere somewhere better. Like the MLS. <laughs> hey, Martin, this is yeah, Albert. Yeah, of course. This is Albert Campo. I don't know if you guys. Have, I just I just joined. Just a minute ago, but uh, I don't know if you guys have brought up this topic, but I was wondering your opinion on uh, Carlos Vela and Jonathan Dos Santos going to MLS and, and how you think MLS is going to be as a league in the future for, uh, uh, for Mexicans. Uh, well, uh, it, the, the, risk, the risks were, uh, were different from, uh, for, for both of them. In the case of, of Vela, he, we, all, we all know that, he, uh, that football has never been his priority. And that, that he his dream was to uh, play in a place where they where he could watch the best uh, basketball there is. So that's <laughs> so that's why he, why he chose LA. That yeah, the, the stadium is not the Lakers to recover. But, but the joke, the, the, joke the stadium is on him actually people. five minutes from. But the joke's on him because there is no good basketball in LA right now. No, easy yeah, there. On them easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're still better in teams, John. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and the Lakers are the Lakers, dude. Come on. Yeah. Dude, the Lakers haven't yeah. been the Lakers in 15 years. Let's... What are you talking about? I'm just saying, anyways, anyways, he, not, not hey, to make this a basketball show. There's, but, still, but, there's but... still two basketball teams, so he gets to see, you know, two games, even four games a week, live. And where, and where is the stadium and located in, in Los Angeles? With a lot more. Oh, with lo- five, five, five minutes away, dude, from... From the new uh, uh, Los Angeles Football Club, he could even he walk. Could right easily there. jog it. Yeah, he could easily jog it. <laughs> yeah, well, but that's like that. That was that's why Carlos Vela went there. And uh, like seriously, seriously speaking, basketball is a reason, but also like having a good lifestyle has been a much more important thing for him than than actually playing competitive football. And that's why he stayed at in San Sebastian, where everybody everybody loved him, 
and he could do whatever he wants uh, he wanted as long as he played uh, well he was also out of the limelight like nobody cared about his personal life because they everybody loved him uh, so yeah yeah it made more sense it's a it's a bit of a shame he, he's gonna go there six months before the world cup because that's for sure going to affect his performance in the case of jonathan I know that Jonathan didn't want to go uh, so uh, soon to the MLS, but the pressure from his dad was too big. Like the dad, who's a, a huge father figure in that family, wanted him, wanted the whole family to live together and to be together. And Los Angeles was the place they, they chose. So, uh, so in the end, they, they, uh, they got uh, Jonah to accept, but he wanted to stay one more year in Europe. Uh, I, I, I think it's a, it's a pity, but that's... that's How incredibly was. sad. Do you, yeah, do, you, yeah. do you do you do you know the relationship between between Cicinho and America? Do you know if it's still good or, or is it pretty bad? I think there's uh, there's no real relationship. Like it, okay. it's not. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that's a factor. And and I don't think he was ever close. Like Jonah was ever close to play with America. America made an offer, and uh, but Jonah Jonah was never going to accept it because uh, the whole reason, like the whole. Uh, reason why he left Europe was to live with, uh, to have their whole family together in LA. Like, it would have made, it would have made any sense to go to Mexico City. Like why? Do you see this as becoming like a trend for future uh, players that are playing in Europe, like uh, like Herrera and maybe in Guardado, that they might end up coming to MLS, or is, are these players eventually going to come back to Mexico, leaving Mexico? I think it, it might happen, but not so young. Uh, I think Guardado will end up uh, in the MLS in a couple of years or, or next year, but Guardado will be already 31, 32, and obviously uh, physically Guardado is not uh, is not going to be uh, a European elite player for, for, for very long. So, so yeah, I, I see that. Um, uh, but 28, 29-year-old players, I don't think so. The thing is that Dos Santos and Vela, uh, Dos Santos brothers and Vela have very particular backgrounds and that's why they, they they went to MLS so soon but I don't see young players uh, going like for example uh, they they made uh, I don't remember which team but made a big offer for Chicharito but Chicharito was, they never even th- thought about it because he wanted to stay in Europe um, and that's why he chose West Ham which is not a big club in Europe but it's uh, he'll, he'll play he, like the, the idea was to play in the Premier League and uh, and uh, he like being as competitive as he is, he never uh, really entertained the idea of going to the MLS. However, when he's 32 after uh, this World Cup, after his contract with West Ham uh, runs out, yeah, that's a possibility because, well, that's that's mostly the way it is with leagues that are not in the uh, like in the center of the of the football world, which is Europe. Do do you do you see do you see actual improvements? From the players that go to Europe and play in Europe, do you, I mean, do you see them become better? I think so. I think so. I think I think it's but, very important for players. But to, to but, but 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 in what in what regards do you see them make becoming better football players? They were they were they they are way faster. That's the thing. They play way faster. They think faster. They play faster. They they execute faster. That's what. Oh. That's something that 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 people. Uh, in Mexico don't understand. They, they don't see how different uh, the speed of the game is in Europe than in Mexico. Like we think, yeah, 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 but Liga MX is, uh, is, uh, is at the same level as, uh, uh, as the Spanish League except for Barcelona and Real Madrid. And it's true. Like, technically, 
uh, Liga MX uh, teams are at, on the same level as, let's say, uh, Betis or, or, I don't know, Getafe. But in yeah. terms of speed, the difference is striking. Like Mexico, maybe because of the weather, maybe because of well. Of I was about to say. I was. Good, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that though. You know that that, that also could factor yeah, in. Yeah, weather and elevation but, for sure. But the the point the point the point that I'm going to is I'm still I'm still not sold. I'm still not sold that that Europe that you know having 20, 30, 40 players, all of a sudden, all of a sudden is going to make the team you know Mexico the national team. Well, into, I think that the. the into a, I think the more pertinent question, though, Ronnie, I guess to, to, to Martin is, well, if it's making them better, do you think it ultimately benefits the national team? That, that, and that's where I'm tr- from, that, a, from, that, a, from a from a function standpoint. That's where I'm trying. That's where I'm trying to go because, I mean, I I personally I personally don't see. I mean, if you think about it, the last three three World Cups have been won by European uh, European teams. Most of their players have played in their domestic leagues. Uh, you know, they don't really need to venture. You know, an Englishman doesn't need to venture out into, you know, out uh, to another league. So same as a, a Spaniard or same as a, as a German, because they have very competitive leagues. Now, it, it seems like you know, like the Argentinas, the Brazils, and stuff like that. In the Eurowise, they're they're at the they're at the, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like their their national teams they cannot get organized because they're they're basically so. I, I guess accustomed to the European, you know, European model and, and, and European calendar and stuff like that. And I mean, you know, with you know, like La Volpe, La Volpe had most just about every player in Mexico. He was able to get them, get them, you know, he would see them what once or twice a month, you know, you know, away from their clubs. And you know, as much as I didn't like La Volpe, I did, I do credit him that he had a he had a team and he had a system. You know, some of these. It seems like to me, even the big teams, like the elite teams, like Argentina and, and Brazil, sometimes you don't see that that system in there because their players, you know, the, the, the their national team coaches don't they don't get to see them that often. I mean, it, it just seems like I'm I'm still not sold on that Europe's the answer. Okay, I have uh, several points on, yeah. on on what you said. First of all, you're talking about a team that finished second in the last World Cup, Argentina, and a team that finished fourth in the previous World Cup. Uh, uh, as Uruguay, like there are like okay, okay Argentina had Messi and, and all that, but there are teams that uh, are actually performing, and Uruguay obviously uh, overperformed their, their their usual standard in, in in 2010. Like they they finished fourth, and they could have very well finished third, and they uh, lost that semifinal with Holland three two, so they could have reached the final. Uh, and that that's that's one part like if we finish sport in a world cup it will be national holiday like we will they, they will they will they will make a like a guillermo del toro will, will, will make a documentary of the of the national team uh, but, but, but but my point is you're why you're I, I i understand that they finished they did a, they had a good showing in in, in uh, south africa but when was it really the last time they had a really good showing in the world cup where they you know where they were you know third or fourth same same as argentina same as argentina they granted they were finalists well, well, you know, Ronnie, I think Brazil's showing signs that, and they're they're calling up guys from China, and they're they're doing great in qualifying, man. Yeah, well, let's well, not well, forget that Brazil okay, has two thousand players playing abroad, and Mexico has twenty. Yeah, well, well, I'm let, just let, saying. Let's move on. Let's move on to the to the to the next point that I want I, I wanted to touch about La Volpe. Let's remember how shit the team was in the World Cup. Like everybody remembers that 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 game against Argentina, but the group phase was terrible. Like we beat yeah. we beat Iran, which was which was the last uh, last place in that World Cup. Then we drew to Angola, 
and we lost to Portugal this side. Like, yeah, it's true that, that Mexico had a system, but very good one. And uh, yeah, the, the team peaked on the, on the 2005 uh, Confederations Cup, and yeah, we beat Brazil. But let's remember that we finished fourth in that, in that, in the, in that Confederations Cup, losing to, a, to Germany B side that was down one man. Like, we lost to a team that was down one man, 4-3, and they, they weren't even playing all the, all, like, all the starters. I, like, there, there's a tendency in Mexico to uh, somehow uh, romanticize that La Volpe team, but it wasn't very good. They, 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 they were thrashing the Copa America by, by uh, Brazil 4-0. Like, yeah, I, it, I remember. It wasn't that good. Now, uh, I, I, now the, the guys can tell you I wasn't a fan of La Volpe, but I do, I, at least, I, I mean, I gave him the credit that he tried to... That that uh, my point was that he had time to work with 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 his, with his players. I I still don't think that he took the best players, you know. But I mean that's another conversation. I, I still don't think he should have taken other players, you know. Perhaps both or even Guatemala or, or other, you know. But I I just what, what what other points were you trying to make that you know the, the players need to be in Europe as opposed to you know. And 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 then for me the the most important thing and I was I was uh, uh, planning to reach this point because I I knew that that. That that's what you meant is that the football football in 2006 was very different from football now, and that's the thing. Like in 2006 and in 98 before before that, you could still afford to have a team in your local league, like that based on the, on on the local league players and even the field uh, by uh, preparing more often. Something that I don't think can happen now because every team in every national team in the world have players in Europe and that's mostly the thing like now you're playing like if with the exception maybe of Chile that uh, 50% of their of their team somehow play in the Liga MX but the three or four players who play in Europe are extremely good the the rest of uh, of the top national teams they all play in Europe like 95% of the players play are, are in Europe and I think that's a problem with Mexico not that the that there are some players in Europe, that, but that we don't have enough. The, if Mexico had 40, 50 players in Europe, it would be different because Osorio or whomever could actually uh, choose the best ones. The thing now is that we have 13 or 12, uh, which, like, if some someone like Layun uh, go, uh, like starts underperforming, we have no one else. Like we, like now we have a serious problem with like you not being in national team, and, and yeah, everyone, everyone is trashing Osorio because he didn't call uh, uh, side backs, and I, I agree in, in, in a way that like he, he should have. But if you see the level of the players in Liga MX in that position, you want to cry. Like seriously, Aris Hernandez, yeah, like what the hell? Like they are very bad. Like if you see, like Aguilar is the only the only decent one, and he's just coming back from an injury, and he doesn't get along very well with Osorio. Uh, like really, we don't have enough players. Like what we should aim for is to export 40, 50 players that are between 19 and 21, and some will, some will thrive and some some will fail. But there there will be a point in which uh, we'll have a player at, or a few players in Barcelona or Real Madrid, like Chile has, like. You see Chile, and yeah, they have the, the Marcelo Diaz of the world, the Edson Puch that, that play in Mexico, but they have Vidal, they have Alexis, they have Bravo. We don't, we're not even close to have players of, 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 that, of that caliber. Before the, the, the Copa America in which uh, they, they, the famous 7-0, uh, I remember having tweeted, 
were favorites. Of course, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect the result, but I tweeted that Chile were favorite because they had better players. And people were complaining because they were saying, like, no, they play in Liga MX and we have uh, more players in Europe. Yeah, yeah, we have more players in Europe, but we don't have players in those leagues. And that's what we should, we should aim for. And, like, leaving the players in Liga MX is not going to help that. Like, I'm, I'm pretty happy I, I, that I think uh, the... Chucky Lozano moved to PSV and because that league is very good for him. And that increases the chances of a top team um, actually noticing him if he didn't sign for Manchester City, which is a possibility. But uh, if, if he did not, if Chucky uh, does really well in, in, in Holland, he's going to go to a, to a top club in Europe. If he does well for Pachuca again, nobody, like, the, the, the best he can get is, uh, is PSV. Like, other than Chicharito, which Mexican player has been signed directly from Liga MX to a top club in Europe. Just Hugo. <laughs> well, Rafa also when he went to Monaco. I could yeah, say Monaco. To, he went to Monaco, but Monaco, Monaco was like they were they, they they became French champions for the first time in like 20 years when he arrived. Yeah, like, it wasn't a top team. There, there were like middle tier teams uh, in general. Yeah, Even but people, knew, when people knew who they were. Arrived there. People knew who Monaco, uh, who Monaco, Monaco was. Good morning. Yeah, no, but, Martin, uh, uh, no Manchester United, though. But here's the thing, then. I, I mean, if we have, if Mexico has all these players going abroad, what of what of Liga MX? Yeah, well, that's 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 a fair point. Uh, I, I think we, we we should we should learn to to differentiate be, uh, between the league and the and the national team, uh, because that's what that's what owners do. Like they're 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 uh, they're product by bringing all these foreigners. I, I mean, it would be it would be great to have uh, more Mexican players, but uh, it's not the way it's working. Uh, so you, we should we should see it that way. And so, Martin, where do you think those Mexican players should go then? If if, if they're not going to get opportunities in Liga MX, but you know they're good enough to play, and they're say nineteen, twenty, twenty-one years old, you know, maybe well, what other league would you recommend for them to uh, try out? Well, it's, it sounds bad, but none. Like, the thing is, if they're not good enough to make it in Liga MX, they're not, going, they're not good enough to make it in, in Europe. Like, I don't think... Well, I'm not talking about Europe. The best... No, no, I, I know, I know. But, like, if we send a player to Colombia, he's not going to really improve. Like, I, I think that... The, the thing with that... I, I don't like the, the, the 10-8 uh, rule, seriously. I, I think it's, it's a problem and it limits the opportunities of, uh, for, for Mexican players. But also, I understand that Having all these foreigners forces uh, Mexican youngsters to 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 actually of their, of their game, and, and the ones that cannot make it through in, in Liga MX, they're not going to be good enough to play anywhere and to, to be national uh, team uh, uh, quality uh, players. So, so I think what players like what teams should do is to focus on on, on youth training, on on, on improving the, the quality of the coaching. Which is pretty bad, and uh, uh, and to to develop better players. Pachuca understood it, and they have uh, Roberto de la Rosa. Uh, well, they still have Guti. Um, I'm there's another guy uh, that I, I forgot the name uh, now, but they, they it's another uh, exciting uh, Pachuca winger. Like they understood that they needed to uh, to prepare their young players uh, better and they, they would make money out of it and, and, and they will have a, they'll have a, a good uh, core of, of, of Mexican players. I, I remember I, I went to Pachuca, to, to the club, like two years ago 
And I remember I, I, they, ha they had um, signed Hans Westerhoff as uh, their, their, like, an, I don't know, in, in like a consultant, in a consultancy role. And, um, and he had meetings with every coach at every level to implement the same system and to uh, figure out which players could work on that system and, and which players could, work, could uh, move between, uh, between the teams and, and do it well. And that's something that no no other team in Mexico does. So yeah, it's that, really funny. That's that's we have focus. a we have a guy that joins us on our podcast occasionally, a profe who's uh, he coaches kids in California, and he is he actually sent a kid to try out in Pachuca last year, and he's a big Hans Westerhoff fan. He would be losing his mind right now with uh, for what, what you're saying about uh, about Pachuca. So, do you see any yeah. other teams, Martin, that, that 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 are starting to see the light when it comes to? When, when it comes to uh, their youth development? I think Santos are doing a good job. Pumas, of course. No, no, not really. Uh, but yeah, I, I, think, I think Santos is, is pretty good. I think Tigres does well, but the thing is that, that they just don't have uh, chances to, to go through because of the incredibly talented side uh, they have. Uh, America are not bad. They, they have improved because they, they have renovated all their... Uh, their youth coach staff, which was very bad, and uh, well, obviously Chivas are are are, are good enough. Uh, I like the problem with Chivas is that they haven't managed to actually uh, develop a top player in a long time. So the the young players don't have anyone to actually actually look for, uh, look up to. Like Saldivar, yeah, right. Uh, I don't know uh, trophies. Well, not really. Like they they don't have a, someone that say that they, they say like. Oh yeah, well, like we developed Memo Choa or uh, Raúl Jiménez is uh, is is the last one to to come. Like the, seriously, the last the last top player to to come through was Chicharito, and he left in 2010, like seven years ago. Hey, Martin, uh, going going back to the comment that you made about the players in Europe and and, and the difference that you see that they have to think faster, execute faster, and and stuff like that. Not so much technically, you know, the technical abilities, but it, it, the way, you know, you have to think and react and, and stuff like that. But, you know, if, if if your opinion if your opinion holds true, I, what what I have a what I have difficulty, you know, I guess seeing the correlation is that Mexican teams, when even when they play the, your Portugals, even when they play the bigger teams, is that it's not they're not they're not being you know they're not losing, you know. They're losing matches because they're not they're, they don't know how to manage the time or or the space properly, or because you know they're they're pressing when they're not supposed to, they're uh, they're attacking when they're not supposed to. Like I mean, give, give for example uh, the Piojo uh, Mexico Holland game when you know Mexico should have beat Holland, but you know Piojo with too much time decided to you know retreat and let you know and let the Dutch you know play when. It seems like sometimes it's like, you know, I guess the word in like, no saben jugar los tiempos. You know, you understand what I'm trying to say? It's like it's more yeah. so more so tactical than, than more so physical or, or how is, what do you think about that? Well, I think that uh, Mexican coaching is not up to par with uh, with Mexican uh, the Mexican players, really. Like, I, I remember being at the stadium at that, at that Mexico-Holland match and Wondering what the hell was he thinking? Took Gio uh, out for Aquino. Like it didn't make any sense. Uh, like 
it's funny now because Aquino is a like a, a top national player and everybody hates Gio. But at the time, in 2014, like it didn't make any sense. Gio was not just the best player on, uh, on the on the pitch that uh, that day, but also he was playing a, an, an essential role in uh, like as a uh, as a link uh, of player between a midfielder and and the attack and occupy, occupying a central space that. Uh, left free when Aquino entered and played on the wing, and uh, mm-hmm. but that was that was Piojo's problem, not Mexico. Uh, right, obviously right, right. there, obviously there was a um, uh, like a fitness problem as well with with the Mexican team because they were completely gassed after the like after seventy five minutes. Like everybody's talking about the the, the penalty, but seriously, like the they couldn't string are, three passes together. They were just they were exhausted. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well that that that's a problem, but you see the difference between uh, European teams in terms of, of, of fitness and Mexican teams. So that, always, that, that also makes sense uh, from, a, uh, from, from that point of view. I, I, I really think that Mexican coaches should uh, try to go abroad more and should prepare more. Like before, in, the, in the past, uh, we, all, we always heard about um, these Mexican coach went to Germany and spent a year there. That's not happening anymore. Like It happened with Jaime Lozano. Uh, but in general, it's not happening anymore, and uh, and they should try to coach in in, in Europe as well. Like Aguirre did pretty decently, and uh, obviously he I like to think he became a, a better coach. Like at least he didn't uh, take off uh, Luis Hernandez for uh, Ramosita for Luis Hernandez. But um, but yeah, I, I think that that match was uh, about coaching mass, uh, more more than. Uh, than about the quality of the players or, or, the, or the, the way they play in general because so also that's, this, that's, that Dutch team wasn't that good. So, Martin, are you trying to say the, the online certificate from Instituto Cruyff is not good enough? <laughs> of course it is. Like, the, the, this last comment was sponsored by Instituto Cruyff. No, no, of course not. <laughs> Martin, speaking of uh, coaches, I know that, uh, that you, at least in the past few months, have... Have been a, have been loyal to 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 uh, Juan Carlos Osorio. You 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 defend him. You 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 think that he's Mexico's best option right now. Uh, what's it going to take for, for for people to understand what Osorio is trying to do? Uh, well, uh, yeah, it's it's difficult to 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 say. Like reaching the the el quinto partido, I think that's the only way. Uh, is that the only thing he can do? I think so. I think so. The thing is, his his approach is not conventional. Like, let's say that. Like, he the things he does, even for me, sometimes are uh, bewildering. Like, not 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 uh, calling uh, any laterales. It's 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 quite surprising uh, for me. Uh, but but there's a, met, a method to the madness and. As opposed to Palencia, he's a guy who knows what he's doing. The, the problem for me with Osorio is that he's too stubborn to change. And that, that concerns me a bit. Like, he wants, as, like, sidebacks, players who are at least 178 and are, are good on the air and can also uh, play the ball out uh, cleanly. And, well, we don't have that in Mexico. So he's trying to to get central defenders. I'm pretty sure that if he plays with a four back line, uh, this um, this qualifiers, he's going to play Moreno 
as, as a left back. Because he was no one else. He has... Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... Uh, like, he won area balls because statistically, much uh, difference. Like, you, that, the managers like Tony Pulis in England have uh, Sam Allardyce. Three years uh, with set pieces. Jack, uh, uh, Alex Ferguson. He, he was his Manchester United teams were great on set pieces, and it, it, it had been a big um, weakness for Mexico, and it's not anymore. The thing is, the problem is that is that when he manages to solve that problem, while he has managed to solve that problem, he's created another one because he, he doesn't have the players to to do that. And well, yeah, and that, that the other the, the other problem is that he plays with his line so advanced, so advanced that he would need central defenders who are faster but also they have to be good in the air and Araujo as good in the air as he is as good with the ball as he is he's not fast so the, the defense is always exposed so that's that's the thing I, I understand for example Chicharito playing uh, on the left side because his work rate is so big and, and, and he, he's so good at, as, uh, at getting the ball back and like linking between midfield and, and, and uh, attack that it makes sense to play him there. So no problem with that because he has the player. The thing is, he doesn't have the central defender to, to play as, as farther up as, as he plays. And he doesn't have the side backs to play the, the kind of game that, that he wants to play. So for me, Right, and not only that, he doesn't, give the, uh, he doesn't give his central defenders the cover by, by, by putting yeah. someone who has more defensive tendencies as a midfielder to cover when, when you know, that, that, that errant pass does go you know, a few feet past the midfielder or, or when Moreno cheats out and heads it right to a Germans, and then the German can start an easy counterattack. You know, that's that's uh, uh, the same problem. The thing is, what he but, but, wants but that's a massive a problem, play. Martin. I mean, if if if, his, if the fatal flaw of your scheme is that you're going to leave your defenders terribly exposed, then you got to change your scheme. You have to. You have no choice. The thing is, he doesn't want to to leave the defenders exposed. He wants to have a player. Well, we don't yeah. want him to do it either. But yet it happens no, every no, game. It happens is, against every yeah, team. But, it happens against the yeah, but the, 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 the thing is that he wants to have a central midfielder who can play the ball uh, perfectly uh, at his feet. And that's Hector Herrera. The problem is that Hector well, Herrera is not a defensive midfielder. There's no defensive midfielder that can do that. His bet, and I'm pretty sure he's going to play him uh, in one of the games, it's Edson Alvarez. Because if Edson Alvarez can actually uh, take that, let's say, dual role, he has a starting, a starting spot assured in the, in the World Cup because that's what he needs. He needs a player who can play, like, be very comfortable. And instead of, like, because what, what Hector Herrera did in the, in the Confederations Cup, I don't, I don't know if, he, if, you, if you realize that, is that when Mexico lost the ball, instead of uh, going back, which is what a, sent, uh, a defensive midfielder should do, he pressed on. So he left the, the defenders exposed. And he did it because that's his nature. Like that, that's what he right. has done his entire career. And I'm pretty sure Osorio told him, but that's not what, uh, what Herrera should do. So, uh, well, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember even in the Olympics, when, in, in, in the first round, when, when Herrera would do that and leave, you know, poor Salcido, you know, bless his heart. And, and, yeah, and yeah, the that's, same that's thing would happen. Of course, they were playing those teams. And then they put Chaton in, and the games would change completely because Chaton would then give the cover for Herrera to do what he did best. 
So, so that I guess that's what I don't understand about Osorio is, I know that you have your system guy and you have this, but but look around at what you got. I mean, that's why I like Tuca's boys. How do you guys play? I think how, how do how do you guys think you play the best? We play best this way. Well, let's go out and do that. Yeah, I, that's what I don't get about Osorio is that he, he he does not build a team around what he has. He's forcing his guys into what he wants. Well, he's trying. He, yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, he, he's trying to get the right players for the spots that he's looking for. He's gonna he's gonna try Edson Alvarez in one of these uh, matches for sure. I don't know if from from the start, but for sure he's going to 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 play him there because he believes that he has those characteristics. I don't know who's he, who is he, he going to play as as a, a right or left back, but he's going to try to do that as well. Like he feels that he has the 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 attack figured out with Chicharito play deployed uh, on the left uh, and also with Tecatito back. Uh, but he he's still trying to find the players for those spots. And if for me that's the thing. If he does, because he's not going to change. That's the thing. Like he is not. So let's let's get used to that. If he does manage to find the right players for those spots, Mexico could be very good. If he doesn't, we're going to get out of the in, uh, after the group phase. Uh, so I, I, I guess, Martin, my my issue is you just because I've actually talked about the the situation with uh, fullbacks, Mexican fullbacks as well, and how how dire it is that position. I think that's the one, like you just mentioned, it is the one weak, the one probably glaring weakness that Mexico does have from 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 just players' perspective, from a, a, a complete lack of depth. Yet that's the the one area that's that's probably one of the most important um, to make a system work. I just um, but the thing is, if you have Madueña as an option, you're lost. Who are you going to play, really? Or about ranking? ranking? Yeah, I just yeah, that's that, my that's point. Like I, that... I just don't know how. How just suiting up tall, slow guys reconciles all the issues. I mean, you're just creating new problems. You're not really solving, really. I, like, you're going to lose four zero, Dan, but they're not going to score goal on a set piece. Seriously, I don't want to defend Osorio on that one because I agree mostly with you. Like, I, I don't like the the fact that he's playing whomever as a as a fullback. Really, like, I'd rather have uh, someone. Uh, playing center back, like if he's going to play a tall back, I, I'd rather have Moreno there than having Alanis, for God's sake. Alanis was terrible, poor guy. And uh, like the next, the next thing he, he'll do is, is to play Araujo as a right back. But but yeah, yeah, I, I'm not going to defend him for, for that. Like I, I, I understand. You know, that was the yeah, one that, good thing of the, of that Gold Cup, uh, uh, Martin, was the fact that Edson was was probably the only. Mexican player that that actually came out looking better after that tournament than than anybody else, and uh, it's, it's something that we talked about on the show that that uh, that if he does keep it up, then yeah, he absolutely has a, has a place in the World Cup team confirmed. And, and you're and you're pushing that even even further out, saying if he fills that role that Osorio is is looking for, then he's going to start. Wait, are, are you saying that? Are you saying that Kubo didn't impress? <laughs> what like what tournament did you see? Uh, no, I agree. I, I I I agree. Like that. That's that. That's that. And that's something that actually pissed me off about the the coverage of the of the Gold Cup. Like the Mexican press never understood that that. And, and Osorio was pretty clear about it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it would be it would have been good if we if we won it. But that tournament was meant for the Mexican national team to see who could who uh, 
uh, which of these players could actually play in the big leagues? And the answer was that it was only Edson. And it's sad but true, but neither Pizarro... Uh, Elias was good, and Elias is now in, the, in, in this call-up. Uh, but neither Pizarro nor um, Cesar Montes nor... Uh, well, Kubo, of course, neither, neither of the strikers, uh, Saldivar, uh, like... Pineda? No, Orbelin. Yeah, yeah. No, or, Orbelin. Orbelin is there. I, I didn't like him that much in the, in the Gold Cup, but, but well, whatever. Um, but neither of them was impressive enough. And that's the truth. And, and that should uh, end the debate, the, that ridiculous debate fueled by Martinoli, that the Liga MX players are better than the, the ones in Europe, because they're not. They're really not. They lost to Jamaica. And yeah, losing to losing to Germany for four one is bad, but losing to Jamaica in the Gold Cup semifinals is worse. So yeah, and Jamaica not, sent an alternate team. And Jamaica also fielded an alternate team as well, so there's you know we can't lose. I guess my issue with the the, the whole thing, well, well, poor. I would rather at least give those center backs some coverage and, and at least put some guys that could at least track back and hustle back quickly to try to give the team. A, a split second longer to set up. I, but, I, um, I understand. Like, yeah, yeah. Look, I, to, to be honest, I, I, uh, I like Osorio's way of thinking in midfield. The only thing is that you have to fight a player. And I hope Edson is, uh, is the one. If not, yeah, he should. Like, I, I, I so you think Edson's going to be playing at defensive mid, not right back? Whom? Uh, Edson? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think about uh, against Panama, but maybe against Costa Rica if we're already through. That, that, like the concern, the concern, uh, Osorio's concern about Edson is that he's too young and too inexperienced and he might make mistakes because of that. But, uh, but yeah, he, that, that's the role uh, that he has ambition for him. Like he's not, well, as far as I know, then, then he does whatever, but uh, he doesn't see him as a, as a center back. He sees him as a, as a defensive midfielder in a, in a link-up uh, role, the, the same that Rafa played against uh, Portugal. Well, from your lips to God's ears, I mean, I hope that that certainly is what uh, what happens because when when Mexico doesn't have that that true de- defensive midfielder, as we've seen against against the better teams, it gets really ugly really quickly. Well, so, let's re- let's remember that in this in the seven zero, Duenas played there. It's not that there wasn't one. It's just that the one that that he, Duenas or Molina, I don't remember anymore. Uh, but the one that he chose was really bad. <laughs> yeah, that, well, a lot of we, guys we, had bad games that day. Yeah, yeah, and we we don't have a, like, that's the other thing. We don't have good defensive midfielders now. Like, don't come to me by saying Gallito for for God's sake. Like, we don't have a good defensive midfielder. Neither Duenas nor Molina, uh, nor. Anyone else? Like that's why I had such high hopes for Chaton. I thought Chaton would be the, the guy. He'd be the captain of the team right now. I know. You know, I it know. was it was a, that was his destiny. I his know, destiny. but he was just too chaotic. Like he he couldn't like stick to a to a disciplined role, <laughs> neither on or, or off the pitch. But yeah, yeah, it was it was same really. Yeah, I mean he would uh, he would have fit that role perfectly. Now, now, Martin, I know that you're in Mexico right now. You uh. You 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 write for FIFA.com and Medio Tiempo, and you also have uh, you you you've done courses in the past uh, to help folks yeah. uh, to, to to become uh, if they want to get into the sports journalism business, and and I believe if I'm not mistaken that that's something that you're getting ready to relaunch as well. You do it in, in English and in Spanish, is that correct? 
Spanish and English. Yeah, yeah, both now. Uh, in Spanish, I'm uh, launching it with Kerim Ruiz, which, uh, who's another uh, Mexican, uh, very good Mexican journalist, and in English with Ben Hayward, who's the main and, and a fantastic, a fantastic fantasy football player, I might add, Kerim. Ah, uh, really? He's a very strong fantasy football player. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if, you, if you're being sarcastic there, but no, not at all, man. I go up. That's a very competitive league we have. The 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 the, the exile league. It's it's fun. I, I enjoy I, I, it. I have, yeah, I have to restart it again. Damn it, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, we, we were we were in the middle of a plug. I apologize. Please keep plugging away. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, yeah, well, we're 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 relaunching the course. So a- anyone who's interested, just uh, follow me on Twitter, Martin DLP, and uh, yeah, yeah, you you'll get all all the information very very soon. Uh, but it's going to be very like very good, really, really the best sports journalist in, 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 in uh, course in the world. And I am the expert in sports journalism courses. So. Please. Well, that's why we wanted to have you on the show because you know no, I, I, I was I was, I was doing my my, my my city Trump impression, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's uh, I, I think it's going to be good. Like I, we we've had a very good um, uh, well, uh, alumni. I think that's the way you say it. That have been uh, that went on to work in, in in national media. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. Yeah, Ben's a good guy. I met him at the uh, two, two, 20, 2006 World Cup. Uh, but was he a journal or was he a photographer back then? Who? He's an editor. Oh, uh, Ben. Ben. No, no, no. He was a, he was an editor. He was the international uh, well, uh, the, the well, guy in charge of the international section in in La Fisión at that time. But he, oh, he okay. would edit my stuff, though, Martin. <laughs> no, <laughs> can't say he enjoyed it too much. But... No, yeah, when I was getting my press pa- when I when I was getting my press passes, I, I ran into him and I met the guy. He's a really nice guy. <clears throat> Now, Martin, yeah, you've also yeah. written a book. Well, you've written several books, but you have a book right now, El Entrevistador, that is, yes, uh, yes, is, yes. Is, is just below Devil's Bargain, I believe, on, on the bestseller list. The, uh, <laughs> the I book wish. about Steve Bannon. But, um, but, but you've, you've had, obviously, working for FIBA.com, the opportunity to interview uh, the, 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 the world's most famous athletes uh, because of the uh, – which has to be just – uh, you know, as a fan of the sport, an incredible experience. But I'm sure that you, you know, obviously, would you know, you 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 take your role very seriously. So, uh, congratulations on uh, on that book as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole idea of the book was uh, that I, I was lucky enough to interview Messi, Ronaldo, Zlatan, Guardiola, like all of the big names. Bar Mourinho, because I haven't been able to, but I I, I will at some point. And yeah, yeah, I, I realized that there haven't been so many uh, like there are. There have been interviews with all of these guys, but there haven't been so many journalists that have interviewed them all. So the whole idea was to, to well, talk about my experience talking to these guys and, and like, uh, like shedding a bit more uh, light on how they are uh, off of the pitch. And, uh, and I think it's an, an entertaining book. And, and, like, most people who have read it have uh, enjoyed it. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean... I, and, and I'm sure Picolin will be in volume two, right? I mean... I'm, I know. I know that he, it was a very tough cut for you to cut Picolin out of out, out of your book. But you know what, is the, what the problem is that I, I never managed to interview Picolin because because he was so big. Like I, I tried, but I was so starstruck. Articulator world. It was it was very bad. It, it's like if you meet Miss Universe and you try to actually do something with her and you just don't find the words and you 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 stay there looking like a tool. That happened to me with both Picolins uh, in different, <laughs> at different points in, in time. You know, I understand that because. Uh, 
you know, I, I have an opportunity to be, to be around athletes as well with, with, with uh, the work that I do in TV. And it's never really bothered. You know, I just, you know, you know, these guys come in in their cars and stuff. So you get to, you know, see him talk to him, et cetera. But the only time I've ever, I've ever had that stupid look on my face was when Derek Jeter was walking by in the tunnel. I was at, uh, at the Texas Rangers Stadium in Arlington. And I just, you know, because, you know, I just, I've never, you know, he was, it was Derek Jeter. So, but I can imagine that if, if I had seen Picolin, it was like Picolin one-on-one with Derek Jeter, I would, I wouldn't even know what to do. So, so I, I certainly let, understand. I had that let me moment. Tell you something. Wait, wait, I'm going to have to cut you there real quick, Martin. I, I had that moment, but now it feels like the Gordiwapa of the group. It, my moment was <laughs> with Bravo, dude. <laughs> oh. I was just starting, by the way. I was just starting to do this. But, Martin, <laughs> Martin let, me, let, me tell, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> like the, 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 only, the only time I've seen Derek Jeter with that look was, was when he met Picolin. So, well, there you get. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So yeah, yeah. You you, you can see how how big he is. Like, uh, yeah. Well, it it will happen again. You know, like they say, life doesn't give you second chances. But I think in this case, it will for me, and I already will know what to say. Hey, Martin, I got another question for you. Yeah. yeah uh, sure. Which from all the other coaches that you've interviewed, which one, you know. Did you interview and, and and come out of that interview, you know, saying that you learned a lot more? Like, wow, because sometimes when you see or read interviews, it's like they're saying the same redundant stuff. Which which coach and which uh, journalist do you? I mean, do you like really admire that? You know, when you read their stuff, it's like, wow. I mean, I I, I didn't see that or I didn't know that or, or for you. Like, for example, for me, I, I like listening to uh, Diego La Torre, you know, ex you know ex Azul player. I I think he works in Argentina now, but like when I listen to him. I really like how he explains the games and, and stuff like that. Like for you, who, which coach and which journal do you do you like to listen to or do you recommend? Well, you're gonna kill me, really. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why I like Osorio, because he's super. <laughs> Sorry. He's super. He's he's super good at, at explaining. I, for me, the the best two coaches that I've interviewed in those terms are Osorio and La Volpe, because. They are really good at explaining, and and they, they really feel they need to explain. Like I, I interviewed Capello, and it was a great interview, but it wasn't like Capello was telling me his, telling him telling me uh, his uh, tactical secrets. With La Volpe and Osorio, you understand. Like I have this uh, conversation that I cannot release, unfortunately, with Osorio, that in which he explains his system, and he's amazing. He's really good, really really good. I, I like I, I understood why lo why players love him because he's ex extremely good at explaining. Uh, that doesn't mean that he's an, a great coach per se, but he is very good. And La Volpe is amazing. La Volpe was the dream of every journalist. Like, exactly. Capello Carrillo or, or Fabio Capello? Carrillo, of course. <laughs> <laughs> him, and, I thought, him and the witch. Him and the witch. No, I, Mar I, Martin, you surprised me because I, I thought you were going to say Bora when he, when he sat on your lap at the World Cup. I, I would have no, learned yeah, a lot. I, 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 can, I, can, I agree with, I mean, with what you say there with, you know, with Osorio. I guess, I guess I, the problem with a bunch of us is, is, is from you know, the talking points to the execution. But, I, I mean, I see what you're saying because, I mean, He, he is one of those coaches that likes to talk as to, you know, the process of what's going on. And obviously, I've been also, you know, also, uh, you know, spoke with La Volpe and stuff like that. And he's also like that, too. But any any coaches in Europe that uh, 
that that you kind of like sitting down with and like they really explain things to you? Well, uh, interviewing Guardiola was like it was 10 minutes. It was amazing. But I think that that sense, the best one yeah. is Lillo. Lillo is very good. The thing with Lillo is that his explanations are so complex that you understand like a quarter of what he's saying. The rest, yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, he, he's explaining and you're like, what the hell? Is it, are we talking about the same Lilo that said that the most entertaining league in the world is League MX? Yeah, 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 the same one, the same one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. he's he's crazy, like in a, in a, in a good way. But uh, but yeah, you, you don't understand uh, half what he's saying because it's it's so complex. It's not because it doesn't make sense. It's because like his terms and the way he says he, he says them, they're just very very difficult. And and in, in terms of journalists, to be honest, I'm not very fond of. Um, of uh, Spanish-speaking sports journalists, I, I like the, the the American classics. Uh, I like uh, I don't know uh, the things that well the the, the things that uh, Norman Mailer uh, wrote or uh, or I like I don't know I I, I like I, I enjoy more reading American American uh, news and mostly I'm, not non football related. I'm actually I'm actually with you on that because one of the things that you know growing up, one of the things. That would always drive me nuts, and, like, and the guys, you know, on the, on the on the days here will let you know that I'm kind of like the book nerd, that's in, in the history yeah. and stuff like that. We call his warehouse the the Citadel. Yeah, I, I got a huge <laughs> collection, dude, of like old magazines going back from like the 30s and 40s and 50s and stuff like that. So anyhow, but bothered me as you know as to how they covered you know Mexican soccer is that like you know analysis. Like I I, I was used to like NFL analysis where they break down every little field and what players did and stuff like that and one of the things that like you know going back to like how they would you know break down Mexican analysis is le pesa la camiseta like exactly no le echo ganas yeah yeah that, yeah no le puso huevos <laughs> yeah exactly did they say that in the 30s Ron is, is, is that what the, what the headline of the on, on the primer plano there say no le puso huevos not in so much terms but, but back in the 30s for, for, yeah. for many for many times it's just you know, it, it, was, like, it, was, it was a play like goat. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> can, 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 you, can you play? Can you play the goat uh, soundbite? Oh, I can't because it's it's not a really chiva contra chiva, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I can always give you a. Yeah, there's always that. There's always that. <laughs> now, Martin, it, it sounds like you're. It's, uh, frankly, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun down there, and we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. But uh, is, is Martin uh, we, in El Barbar? Yeah, we do want to uh, 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 let you go with one last question. So, gun to your head, yes. how far does Mexico go to, uh, or how far do they go in the World Cup with, with Osorio? Okay, I, uh, I'll answer it like the, the way I think, really. Okay. And it, it's not, I guess you're not going to like it, uh, but I think it all depends on the draw. Sure. That's well, it. that makes, with, that makes with, absolute with, sense. With every, with every coach, with any coach, not just Osorio, it all depends on the draw. If we get an easy group or an easy uh, cross in the in the round of 16, we're making it to the quinto partido. Uh, I think the team has enough quality to do it. If we don't, we're not uh, handed a, 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 an extremely complicated team. Like in terms of qu- of quality, I think we we are uh, between the 10th and 15th. Uh, strongest team in the world but the thing is if you play Argentina or if you play Germany or if you play Spain 
in the in the round of 16, we're, we're not going to make it. Or we if we if we get a Grupo de la Muerte or a, or a, or a decent enough group. Um, so the minimum has to only one good team in the group because if there's two good teams, Mexico's not going to make it out of the group. I think so. I think so because and seriously, it's with with Osorio or with whomever. Like bring a, uh, bring Guardiola on. Like we don't have enough quality to to think that we can uh, that we can guarantee. We have a guarantee of, of making it to the to the quinto partido. I think uh, it all comes down to luck, and we haven't been very we have been very lucky lucky enough in the in the group stage, but not in the in the round of sixteen in a long time. Like since um, and, the and there US are some two thousand and two, we have we have had and there are some scary teams that are outside the top eight right now in in, in the yeah. FIFA rankings. Very scary teams. Yeah, teams you do not want to have anything to do with. And then my, my other last question is, okay, say that Panama throws the ice spear right through the Osorio train and that they lose that game and things completely fall apart, yet they, they make it to the World Cup, that Panzaso and he's gone. You just you, you, you need a guy to say, you know what, just take us to the World Cup. Yeah, who's your guy? Toca. Always. That is... Now, see, normally, <laughs> normally, if you would have said something else, I would have... But... <laughs> But you, but you, you answered you answered correctly. Tukala. No, it would be Tuka, right? It would have to be Tuka. Wait, I have I have one one thing before Martin leaves, and I wanted to ask you about. It seems like like players' transfers is getting out of hand in Europe. You know the the amount of money they are paying. Yeah. Do you think this is a trend that's gonna continue or or? I think the bubble's gonna burst at some point soon. Not soon enough. Like it's it's going to keep on going for a couple of years. But it's it, it, it's completely out of, uh, of of any like logical uh, reasoning. The only thing is that TV stations are still paying a lot of money uh, for clubs and and in the Premier League and in the in the other leagues they they have shakes. But there will be a point in which it it happened already in the nineties that uh, transfer fees went up really high and then went crashing down because of, uh, because it wasn't sustainable. I think it's, it's going to be the case again, but not yet, not yet. We'll still uh, see a couple of huge transfers, uh, transfer fees paid uh, in the next uh, couple of years. Yeah, see, it's a private team. picked the wrong year to retire, man. He could have gone to China for... for... <laughs> No, he was, he was going to Real Madrid, I know, but he had a problem on his knee. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, Martin, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate uh, uh, you taking the time to uh, hop on and, and chat with us tonight, uh, uh, especially being down on, down on the coast where uh, your, your hurricane's gone and ours is just starting on Friday. So, uh, but we do appreciate you coming on. Uh, thank you so much again. No worries, no worries. My pleasure. Well, uh, Again, we really do appreciate it. Martin Del Palazzo joins us on show 100 here on the uh, Cantina Mekis podcast. I uh, do want to thank uh, him for, for hopping on. Uh, gentlemen. It's great talking to Martin. Oh, Same we still talking to I want to make sure he fell off before he had that open mic experience. 
I don't know if that's ever uh, happened to y'all. Have y'all ever had an open mic experience? No. No. Ron, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, no, I didn't mean to laugh when he said, oh, sorry. I just thought it was funny. like when he says, you guys are going to hate me. I, yeah. I have experienced but, an open mic when um, friend butt dialed. Yeah. A girl reached the uh, the voicemail and started talking about her. <laughs> The way guys do. Ooh. Sometimes. But not on she this show. Good, she was a good not. sport, and she was turned it, it around on him and gave him a good razzing. Well, good for her. Oh, it, it was classic. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Did she happen to, to record that, too? No, she just, she just went on and, and, and gave us, like, a impersonations and oh. uh, <laughs> that's awesome good for her it was it was really good yeah, yeah. that's uh that's pretty funny so so uh so that was a martina palacio who joined us uh for the past hour and a half uh, uh a guy who uh has had an opportunity to uh you know in, in addition to you know see what he's seen with his eyes he's actually had a chance to talk to some of these guys so it was a uh, you know very uh very uh interesting and entertaining perspective it was uh we had a uh, uh, th- th- that uh, worked out uh, pretty well for us on our one hundred show, so we really thank Martin for that. Well, the list did come out, gentlemen, and uh, there was uh, for the games next week. You know, really no surprises, other than the fact that there are no uh, wing backs that are that are called up. And, and Dan, that really, really seems to seems to bother you. The fact that he's not calling him, to me, it's just the alarming thing is that just the lack of, of, of players to choose from. And not so much, I, I don't necessarily agree with Osorio's approach at this point uh, with, with, with how he's addressing that, that, that position, but I, I definitely sympathize with the fact that he is having to choose from two bad options. Play play guys that are just aren't that good in that position, but naturally do play the position, or play guys that are just better, who probably have little to no business playing in that position. Well, the what uh, what Martin said about Edson was uh, it was was pretty interesting, but I I don't know. It just seems like uh, again, if if the, if the, your your biggest flaw of your system is that it leaves your central defenders. Uh, in, a, in, in a terrible situation, and it seems like you'd want to address that as quickly as possible instead of just you know hoping that that, that you know that. Uh, and I don't think every guy on the field needs to be six four. No, <laughs> that, I mean I get it. Like you want to favor some of the taller guys, that's cool. But do it where you can, you know, and just like all right, you know, not every guy, you know, put. Put that shorty uh, in fr- in front of the net, you know, and, ha- and get in the way of a, of a of a potential shot, like a pony race. You know, most often than not, guys, new management means new coach. We just have. I thought a, about that too. Then it's to close and. Uh, Torrado. Torrado. So. Gerardo Torrado. So uh, a Chivas guy and a Pumas guy are coming in. You, to... you yeah, you lack style points. We're bringing in now. What are the positions? Because I have trouble understanding what the so, other roles so are. So, Teclos is in charge of all national teams from the senior team down to the U13. He is, uh, 
And if I'm not mistaken, and, and I will hold out about this in a second, but, but, but that's his role. And then Dorado is basically the, the go-between between Osorio and the FMF on the, for the net, just strictly for the national team. He's the, is, is he the enforcer? He's the Joe he, exactly. Pesci? He's the bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, is, he is officially the devil's advocate. That's going <laughs> to say, is, is that really what, you know. But, uh, yeah, so so, so and, and it's going to be quite a out. I was going to do that. Started in November, which, you know, coincidentally would be when presumably Mexico would, would, have, would have qualified for the World Cup. I'm thinking that Torrado's going to be – I'm pretty sure he's going to get a feel of the water before he starts doing stuff. I think if the players are still – if he gets the if, – if he thinks that the players are still in, I doubt they, they pull <clears> the trigger. Hey, come on, Dan. This is Mexico, man. Some of I know, but I'm just saying – I know, but I'm I'm assuming Torrado's there with good intentions to want to improve the the, the national team. So he if that's the case, the well, I get it that that if that's what they're what they're ultimately wanting to do. But I'm just saying it doesn't. I don't know if, if the players are really bought in, that could potentially break the team and make it even worse. Who who did, Mar- who did Martin say? I mean, he lost. Look, he just lost one of his. You could say one of his backers, which was Marquez. He's not going to have Marquez right there to rally the troops for him. And Martin mentioned some dude that doesn't like... Uh, who was he saying? He mentioned a player that doesn't like Osorio. Oh, uh, uh, Paul uh, Aguilar. But Aguilar, who's hardly even... It, it... Oh, never mind. I thought it was like a Vela or something. No, no, it was, it was Aguilar, who's pretty much out already anyway. Well... He is someone that that I think definitely needs to be on the team just because, especially from what happened uh, in the Confederations Cup. I mean, even if he's not your favorite player, he's got to be better than than what they threw out there eventually. Well, look, if if the FMF, you know, like say the team doesn't impress, it's a possibility just given how – some of the things going on, you know. Yeah. Layun dropping form, Marco Fabian out. You know, some of these other guys haven't been at the top of their game. I'm just thinking the longer they drag this out and and if they do fire him, the the worse it's gonna be, I think. I think the window that where they where they could have and should have it's coming gone. So now they're stuck with it. No, I think we've done it. Just, I, well, no, I'm not saying that they haven't. Um, I'm not. I'm not certain that they won't. I'm just saying that I don't think it. They should at this point. I'm like, if you stuck with them this long, might as well just stick it out. Um, it's it's unfortunate though because you could see the pressures clearly there by by looking at the at the call up list. Yeah, that actually. Well, I some mean, people were kind of disappointed. I'm pretty sure. The, I'm sure the plan was well, if they had a good Gold Cup, then it probably would have been the Gold Cup team that would have been playing these games. But you know, they didn't play well, and a lot of the call ups are from the Gold Cup, though. I mean, it's kind of a two thirds. Yeah, but cause they're Cup they're they're going to play a bit part. They're going to play mostly a bit part. Um, the the that that the main 
skeleton of the team is there. Although yeah. the, the the most of the European base players are there, um, and I wouldn't be surprised with, the, with just simply the inclusion of Tecatito, especially against Concacaf competition. Um, I'm expecting Mexico to probably look good. Fool's gold. Well, I mean, against Panama, the the only way Panama is going to score in that game is on the set piece. So you're guaranteed that they're going to start all four tree trunks in the back. And you probably didn't have to worry so much about, about uh, Panama possessing. So that, you know, we may not see, you know, maybe this would be a good game for Edson to play in the middle or, we may, or, or they may not even have a need for that because it, it'll just. Well, I think with the whole um, Rafa uh, uh, saga thing going, I definitely, it puts a lot of pressure on the kid to, because I think the spot's his. Well, you know, again, it's because uh... it's either going to be probably be him or Diego Reyes. Oof. Oof. I'm okay with Diego Reyes. I'm, I'm actually thinking he he's okay, but I mean, he's not. I mean, I mean, seriously, he just he just doesn't. Uh... You know, he, he's a lot. He's a lot like Jesus Avala in that position. It's just you know, just a bit the big tall guy who. Uh, you know, never really. I don't know. Just doesn't doesn't seem to have. You know, he's serviceable, but he's not exceptional. And I think that what the, the common thread of, of of really, really, really good teams, especially at the international level, is it is it every you know the top ten teams every single one has a, has a, has a world class defensive midfielder. And Mexico just doesn't have that. Now they had Rafa, you know, when he was absolutely a world class defensive midfielder. And I know that we've had discussions on this show for you know, as long as we've been on it, that if you can't beat out Rafa at that position, then Rafa has to play it because he's because he's so good at it. You just you you don't have you know if yes, if he's, if if that's why your thirty eight year old has to do, then that's what's gonna have to happen. Because it's so important. So There we go. Well, I got to tell you, I think that that was probably the out of out of the hundred shows we've done. That that was probably the most Pumas talk we, we've ever had on the show. <laughs> we, we, had, we had a good twenty minute Pumas I, talk. I wonder if it was methodically planned, John. <laughs> it wasn't methodically. I mean, I just you know it was it was uh, it, it was you know I, I always I always like to ask our guests you know who they follow and uh, you know with the news that happened this week and you know and, and you know you know and someone who uh, obviously is as as connected to the team as Martinez it would be a you know a good good time to find it. you know Pumas is an important team for Mexico. Mexico just like Mexico needs America to play well and 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 Guadalajara to play well. Mexico needs Pumas to play well because if, if Pumas is playing well, that means that they have really good players. So, uh, you know, Pumas in the in, in, in the in the big picture of of Liga Mekis is a is a very important team with what they bring to the table. Also for the league and for having rivalries, just just having three teams in the FA. Yeah, and they have and they have the and they have the coolest uniform in in the world of sports, and that is not debatable. Sorry. Yeah, no, but but yeah. Punto y aparte. Liga MX can use more, like more rivalries, you know, especially like intercity stuff like that. Right. Uh, we sort of dismissed it a while back because there used to be what upwards of six or seven teams, and then there were what four teams in Guadalajara. 
When I was a kid, it was yeah. Atlas, Guadalajara, UDG, and UADG. All four of them were in, in Liga MX. And at one point, there was a like Jalisco, too. So there were five teams from, from Guadalajara that played it. That played in, in, in the, in, and then in Mexico, yes, it was... They all uh, played in the same stadium, pretty much. Yeah, it was Pumas and Cruz Azul and, uh, and America, of course, and At Atlético Español and Atlante. So there were five. And then I'm sure... And, and then, you know, Toluca's right after Zacatecas was... Was was right around there. Well, not Zacatecas, Zacatepec. Atlético Español is that was Necaxa or? Yeah, that was Necaxa. Yeah. Oh, that was the other. Ron, you would you? I don't know if you follow this guy. You would really like uh, follow this. Uh, like like to follow this guy if you don't. The Liga, the Historia Liga Mekis guy on Twitter. He posts oh, some really really cool pit. Like he did a whole thing of 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 Necaxa's history this week. Yeah. A couple of days ago, from from when they started out all the way, and he, and he told the story with each picture. It was really cool. But that's the one that so, they, they actually lost fans, right? When they when they changed the name. Yes. Yeah. People didn't like the ties to yeah. the. Well, they lost. The, well, to, to be honest, to be honest, they lost the fans when Necaxa did not want to be professional, and they and they and they and they quit for like for like seven eight years. Necaxa did not exist at all. So so so. If memory serves me, they came back when 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 Asturias and and, and Club España. Basically forfeited from uh, from the league because of you know national you know sentiments if I'm not mistaken. So Necaxa came into the picture, but it was never the same team. It would be like the equivalent of Chivas, just you know, no longer exist. And then they pick up eight years, nine years down the road. Obviously, they're not going to have the same fan base. But you're right; they did lose some fans when they did the whole Necaxa Atlético de Español because if memory serves me, what they tried to do with Atlético de Español was they if, if memory serves me, is some of the guys from Asturias and and and, and Club España, they they tried to start basically give the, the Atlético Español a more like a like a Spanish vibe, you know, if you will. Like if you look at the logo, el toro, and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it it didn't it didn't click. The other uniforms were ugly: black shorts and a white shirt. Yeah. Well, they, with those those a lot of those. Uh, you know, going back to the to the owners, they were still around. So, like, um, and have you noticed Celaya also the the Toro and stuff like that? Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah and Toro, there's also and Toro ties, Nessa. There's, there's also ties, it was there also ties to Spanish, you know, Spanish ownership and Spanish money. Yeah, the Celaya. Uh, Man, when I was a kid, the team and they weren't the team and Nessa weren't Toros; they were Coyotes. Yeah, because I think that's what Nezahualcoyol mean. Yeah, that's the city of the starving, starving coyote or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, but yeah, right. you're right. And they added a they added the bull because you know the owners are Spaniards. Toro. Well, boys, we have a we have a few minutes left here. We had a, a another another jornada over the past couple of days. We we talked a little America. Uh, Joel Chivas still, still, still no reason to. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't get to the Chivas talk because Martin. Yeah. Oh Martin my God, man, right Profe. In, going I into my... I'm surprised Profe didn't. Uh, his ears weren't just scorching hot when 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 Martin was talking about Westerhoff and, and Pachuca he, and the whole bit. He couldn't handle the, his connection dropped. He couldn't handle. He couldn't handle <laughs> too much bandwidth. His mind just went <laughs> <laughs> happy time explosion for sure. It was like that. Uh, oh, it's it, off. What's the uh, the David uh, Lynch movie where that happens? 
there's a v- video drum where the dude's head explodes and it's like it, it's a gif one of those oh, gifs that circulate. that's maybe that's what happened the i'm sorry Juan, i didn't mean to interrupt you no well well just as expected john we you know we were talking about chivas was gonna struggle and they were very lucky against santos i was watching the game and i was surprised santos just how many opportunities they they missed they forced it up yeah I mean, that goal was the penalty, that missed penalty was key in the game. If they would have got, Pucho would have scored that, you know, it would have been, been a heavy been loss for Chivas. For Chivas. Yeah. yeah, they would have forced them to open up, or they would have, either way, you know, either Chivas is forced to, to go more on the attack, or they just sit back. In either case, they were going to look bad. Uh, but good thing for Chivas is. Um, Pelado returns. Wide right. <laughs> Pelado uh, returns. Well, uh, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Holly, but uh, also wanted to talk. Uh, uh, you know, the Little League Mexico team they they advanced. I don't know if you guys any caught caught the game or watched a little bit of the game. I saw it. No, beat Canada. I've been following like, it. Baseball yeah. So I mean. Uh, if nobody watched it. Nobody keeping up with it. With what? I'm sorry. Uh, Little League World Series, Mexico. Oh, well, I, I, all I saw was that they, they advanced to the semifinals. I haven't seen what happened after that. Yeah, they're, they're the finals of the uh, the international. They're, I guess they're going to face uh, Japan. Wow. And I was sure that Japan has. You know, they're all twelve and under. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> just just checking. You know, sometimes they have. You know, eighteen-year-olds sneaking in there. Yeah. That's uh, no. Hopefully, hopefully they'll uh, uh, they'll 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 uh, they'll persevere. And that team is from uh, Reynosa, isn't it? Yeah, I know. That's why I wanted to yeah. bring them up. Some Yeah. And that's that's your Guerra, isn't it, Ron? Isn't that where your family's from? The no, northern no. part there, no. Well, my dad, my dad was born. Uh, well, my well, my dad was born in Texas, but he was like you know right there, Reynosa. I mean, we spent a lot of time in Reynosa. Yeah. Is your dad a Valley boy? I I wouldn't say. I mean, he left. He left the Valley because he went off to Tampico. That's not what I'm asking. Was was he was he born in the Valley? Well, I mean, yeah, he was born in the Valley. But uh, like I said, what he, city? He, was, he, was he born uh, the, 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 the same city that the oh shit, that Tom Landry was born in the uh, Mission. Mission, yeah, Mission. He was born if Mission, you ever get a chance, Ron, there's a, there's a comedian, and probably all that are listening out there. Uh, in the valley, but although if you're in the valley right now, everyone is uh, bracing for this massive storm that's coming. But uh, there's a comedian, Raymond Orda, uh-huh. is uh, is a valley comedian. He's hilarious, man. I highly recommend him if if you still have family in the valley, you know how the folks in the valley are. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very funny. Actually, believe it or not, I miss it, man. I kind of I love. I've, I keep telling I my wife, I love the valley. I, th- I think the valley is a it was is, is a very comfortable place to live. I didn't. I didn't really like it that much as a kid because I just didn't think there was that much to do. But like you said, like growing up, it's just you know more a little more laid back, and uh, you know like you know the times that I've gone back, you know I've, I've enjoyed it. You know. Yeah, no, it is. It is hotter than hell in, in in summer. There's there's no doubt about that. But the closer you get to the coast, it's you know it gets a little cooler. And then Padre is really nice. Uh, but you know the valley sustains. I mean, they have all. The, it's one of the. It's the fruit bread, bread bath, You know the fruit basket of of the country. So you have all this amazing produce that comes out of the valley. Yeah, yeah. Every time we would make the trip from Houston to to the valley, 
I remember you know going back, we would get a lot of produce, like right like right you know right by the uh, the, the, the fields, you know. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then they have uh, in McAllen and uh, oh, I forget, but they have they do have this just gigantic uh, warehouses where the where, where they bring the produce comes in from Mexico and then theirs goes out. It's just it's a uh, it's they do they do all right down in the valley. It's a it's a good little spot. Uh, oh, have to which, <laughs> Reynosa, What's up, what's up, Beto? Reynosa La Tierrosa, man. That place is dusty, ugly. <laughs> I I'm know. A, the whole area is is a, is a avoidable. You got to avoid. I've, I've told you this. I've told you this before. I don't believe it because I've never seen it. Because Reynosa to me is not that pretty. But like you know, my uncles that you know a lot older. They swear that there was a time when Reynosa was a nicer, cleaner town. I was like, when? You know? Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, my grandmother tells me stories of uh, she grew up when I grew up. She, when she lived in Mexico City, when she first moved there, this is back in the late twenties, early thirties. Uh, she lived like two blocks from the Socalo, and there was she said there was no smog. They said the city was you know maybe a million people, and I'm thinking, wow, that must have been absolutely amazing to live in Mexico City at that time. So I'm sure I'm sure Reynosa at one point was I'm sure it was very very quaint. Very uh but, but the reality is at least at least in Texas I don't know I can't speak for California, but in Texas the border towns unfortunately just aren't very pretty. Or at least the immediate uh proximity of of of, of to to the border that those portions of the towns are actually I mean there's nothing to them. It's just a bunch of stores. Stores and restaurants. Right, guys, it was a great, uh, great show. I got to leave. Um, it was really fun today, guys. A lot of fun talking about Pumas. Yeah, we don't get to talk football. Thank you very much, Ron, for for joining us, and uh, and thanks again for being a part of uh, these uh, hundred or so shows that we've done. So we do, uh, you know, we did, we, did, we did, uh, do, did we get a new anthem for the centennial? Was it plagiarized? <laughs> you mean for 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 America? No, I yeah, think it's, I think it's still the same one. Let's see. Is, I think uh, let me hit the wrong button here. But no, I think it's still the. I think that they still play this. Don't you hear it every time they score a goal? <laughs> oh God, that's horrible. Is that what they play? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was horrible. Oof. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Well, uh, thanks for coming. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Later. I got a new sound clip, an outro sound clip for us, though. You guys, uh, might, you guys might recognize it whenever. I'll play it whenever we're done. Oh, well, you, you, you could play it now. Okay, well, here. We're going to change the rate, so much better than default. All in a Mexican place, man, and I waste it. But then it's an endless. You guys hear that or not? Well, God, God bless the English. They're always so. See, see, that's what Joel has been talking about for years. Is that what you know? Why can't Mexico fans? We're very creative. Why, why can't they come up with? And they're using one of original our original songs. songs. <laughs> they're yeah. using one of our yeah one. They're using a Mexican song to to do a song about Chicharito. I, all we could do is that the puto chant. <laughs> you know, and and, and and frankly, and 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 cheers to the Tigres fans. For doing the Hey Jude Gignac bit, because I mean, I, I can't tell you when was when was the last time I ever heard fans sing like that to a player in Mexico. It just it just doesn't happen. It I miss that, John. I'm gonna have to YouTube yeah. it or something. They even did you, you, you haven't seen that, Hoyle? Oh, dude, you, you, uh, 
yeah, look look up Heiju Gignac and, you know, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, and and you know what the the creativity is there. We we played in one of the earlier podcasts uh, a song from this Monterrey based band called Tres Tristes Tigres, and and they were making they did a song about um, the Cante Noyores, but about the but about America. And, right. And it's, it's very clever how they, you know, how they their wordplay. And I'm like, there's a lot of stuff like that that the fans could do. But for some reason, you know, we're stuck with the whole puto thing to the point where it's like they're calling it cultural, you know. And it's <laughs> saying a part of the culture, you know. You know, and, and Fran, you know, and then what we know one thing that we should, uh, you know, I, I used the puto chant when we first started off uh, as cachirules. But, uh, but I was doing it to call us that. You know, because I would say our name and then they would say it. So I was like making fun of us. But you know, after you know, it's it's you know, the, I personally don't have an issue with it. But the the whole problem with with, with the chant is, is is that as we mentioned a few weeks ago, it's like playing a game till someone loses an eye and someone has lost an eye. And uh, you know, it is it is offensive and it's uh, <coughs> it, it, it it has to stop. And that's just the bottom line. I'm not sure. Maybe you guys know. Are they doing this in the female league? Or were they all puta? I think someone. I heard. I heard they, it from one of the games. It. Yeah, I think someone mentioned they did. I don't know if it was really loud or really prevalent or in multiple games, but I heard it was. It well, happen. apparently they were trying to do the thing at the. Uh, so Tigres was bribing their fans. If you don't yell puto during a the game, then we'll go renovate a school. So America tried it last night, and let's just say the no school's going to get renovated. <laughs> and Pumas, and guess and 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 Pumas, guess what? They they just did they just stopped doing it. So oh, Pumas yeah. fans didn't didn't need to be bribed. They just they just like you know what? They already go to school, right, John? Yeah. What's Pardon the, me. Pumas yeah. fans are already going to school. That's right. Yeah. So so they just uh, they put uh, put a stop to it and. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully other teams will realize that, you know. And again, you know, the men, and you know what? I, I didn't even realize that Pumas wasn't doing it because it's just it's so. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I forget what the word I'm looking for. Anyway, but uh, you know, the, the fact that it hasn't happened and you just don't notice it. People, people, people as soon as this thing goes away, no, no one is going to notice it, and they're, they're going to forget about it. They're going to forget it ever happened. It'll, it'll just be gone. It'll, it'll be like dust, dust in the wind, just done. And speaking of creativity, here, there's this is another one that was sort of uh, pretty creative after the World Cup. Remember that one, that little girl? Yeah, she was. I, admit, I liked, I liked, I liked Hitler. Uh, Hitler ranting about about it was 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 my favorite <laughs> from the movie. The movie yeah. clip, Downfall, or whatever that movie is, where he where he has his his final tirade. That's one I, I thought that was pretty good. It was uh, it was it was very uh, very enjoyable. So Santos doesn't get a win, Chivas doesn't get a win, Pumas, and then Tig- and then, then have you officially uh, have you have you changed Gatos Chiquis? Are you officially Tigres the rest of the way? Uh. Not it's a, okay. I know you're 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 you know you're you're the crazy cat man, so you can. That's where I appease my depression. 
is I'll go, yeah. I'll go watch Tigres, uh, Thai America, and Azteca. But uh, I still, I still keep an eye out for a Pumas win, and uh, hope is still there. But, but yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I do enjoy watching Tigres win because uh, I think it just means so much to Tuca when they win that it makes makes me makes me happy that Tuca's happy when uh, when Tigres wins. So I can understand that, Chickies. And I'm just, I just I'm just amazed at the money. Apparently, they're getting some other uh, some other midfielder to replace Pizarro. Um, and then, dude, what are you talking about? They the, the, they they're the second largest cement company in the world. I know, it's just crazy. All these players that are just bringing in, bringing in that guy, uh, uh, Ecuador dude is, is scoring goals like crazy. Oh, Valencia. Valencia, yeah. And uh, so yeah, their team is the team is is pretty good. Still couldn't beat America, but they, uh, yeah, they're on top. Or Mon- Monterrey is that's going to be a really good one, also because Monterrey is doing doing awesome. Yeah, there are definitely some teams in Liga MX that are uh, that are they're finally living up to their billing, uh, and then others that are that are playing down to what they what they really have. Uh, but you're right, though. I mean, yeah, Monterrey has. I mean, I actually watched uh, a, a good portion of their of their game against uh, Toluca last night, and they looked. You know that's another place that we know uh, the the Tamalera. Once it gets going, it is uh, you know that that could be a very intimidating place to play, and uh, it's uh, they have a good team. They play well. I want to see. I want to see when they play. Maybe I might try to go. Ooh, that'd be a, that'd be a hell of a. That would be very interesting to see. Do a. Uh, do a a, a, a a classico trip. Well, this is the last game. Uh, 18 November. It's the last game of the season? Yeah. Oof. Wow. Later, so that would be nice. It'll be nice and clear. You don't want to go in August. Better yeah. better in November if you're going to go to Monterrey. I'll have to write that down. Well, gentlemen... Uh, I guess we should uh, probably wrap it up uh, here on our 100th show. Uh, again, uh, a big thanks to Martin Del Palacio for joining us earlier. Uh, really appreciate him taking the time and uh, gave us a lot of, uh, and, and everybody that's listening, a lot of insight into uh, the, the minds of certain players, coaches. So we do appreciate uh, him coming on and uh, chatting with us. Chickies, uh, thanks for setting this up. Uh, it took me about five minutes to figure out which button to push, but uh, but I got it figured out and I and I launched and we were we were in good shape. So so thank you for that. Well, cool. Yeah, good to see you. that. Was no problems. Yeah, and you you don't you don't want to give us your little uh, your little sayonara, DJ Horn, before you leave. You know, like you tell it. So you need, you need to t- the, you, when you tell a joke, Chickies, you need to just drop that every time you tell a joke. <laughs> uh, I don't have it. I don't have it queued up. Oh. You need yeah. to get that program, Chickies. I'm telling yeah. you. Oh, here we go. Ready whenever uh, you get your last outro person. Oh, yeah, please, please. Thank you. Okay. Uh, uh, Joel, I don't know if Dan's with us, but uh, we'll go with uh, Joel. Thanks uh, so much for, for coming on. Appreciate it. Good show. Hopefully, Chivas will finally pull one out. Yes, they, they play, um, they host Querétaro, so it's a good, you know. Could be, it could be a good. Keep winning, because yeah, well, but Querétaro is one of those teams that you know if they keep losing, then they're gonna they're gonna chop another young Mexican coach and and yeah, Rosano. I, 
well, they are unpredictable. They started with a win against America away. So who knows That's if they, so, they uh, pull it off again, you know? Uh, but, that would be. but yeah. And it's not like Chivas has been killing it at, the, at home. They lost to Puebla. Yeah. Yeah, they, and they look pretty bad against Santos, despite the draw. Um, so, yeah, interesting. But, John, here's our show. Hopefully under the same name. Well, thanks for that, Joel. And, uh, you know, obviously we, uh, we've we had a lot of fun on these shows, and it's something that we uh, will continue to do in the weeks and years forward as we press on here on the Cantina MX podcast. Dan, are you still with us, or are you uh, – I am. I'm still here. Okay, good. I just wanted because it was muted. I didn't know if you had to go go tend to your 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 fatherly duties. But uh, uh, thanks again for joining us, Dan, and uh, really appreciate uh, everything you've done for us over the past uh, hundred hundred shows as well. And moving forward for the for the next the next milestone. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, no, no, this is uh, this has been a lot of fun, and we really, again, uh, we want to thank all of y'all who have listened to us in these previous shows, and uh, hopefully, uh, you'll continue to listen to us as we move on through uh, the, the the calendar year, and then the next year for the World Cup, and beyond that as well. My name is John Jagu. It's been a real pleasure to do these shows with you guys, and 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 all your one last your thank you too to our empathy. special guest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to thank uh, Martin Del Palacio for joining us again. Uh, really, really, really enjoyed talking to him. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it is rare that, that, that a player of such stature like, 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 like Picolin uh, is, is noticed by, by such few people. But obviously, obviously, like I said in the beginning of the show, you know, Martin is a man of impeccable taste and good judgment. So, you know, the fact that he holds Picolin in such high regard is... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a testament. You know, it really speaks a lot about his character, I think. So we do appreciate uh, him coming on. But we appreciate y'all coming on. You can listen to this show and our previous shows, our previous 99 shows uh, on iTunes and as well as in Google Play. And uh, you can listen to us every Thursday night on live on YouTube. And, of course, you can download these, as we mentioned, from iTunes and Google Play. My name is John Jagu. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week.